You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 226 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And we are back after a short hiatus. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were all ready to go, sort of. And then I got sick. Yep. Like the day before we were going to record. Yeah, you texted me like that night. And you were just like, yeah, tomorrow's not going to happen. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I woke up. or I didn't even wake up feeling sick, but... Uh, I don't know, by like noon, I started getting like a scratchy throat. I'm like, hmm, <clears throat> well, let's hope this doesn't get worse. And then it did. <laughs> and it got so bad. Uh, it turned out I had strep throat, which, you know, anybody who's had strep throat knows what a delight that is. Uh, have you ever had strep? I don't think so. Mm, man, it's it's rough. I've, I've had it a couple times that I can recall. And, uh, yeah, it's like your, your entire throat just becomes really inflamed and swollen, like, like probably like down right here, all the way up to like the roof of your mouth. Like your uvula gets really swollen and like, that's your hang down, hang down. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it like got so bad and like, it was so swollen that like, Every time I would try to swallow, I felt like I was swallowing my uvula. Oh. And that, like I was telling you, I was throwing up and just felt really sick. I think that's feeling You're like I was swallowing. Yeah, swallowing my own throat, basically, was making me nauseous. And so I was just throwing up and I was not eating for like four days. <laughs> Sounds awful. Yeah. I finally went to the doctor uh, and, yeah, I tested positive for strep. It was uh, not fun, but then also my son and my wife uh, got it too. So I, th- I think my son gave it to uh, gave it to me or to both of us. I think he was the the first one to have it. But probably kids are fucking petri dishes. Yeah, no shit. Um. Anyway, but yeah, like it's funny because I was so miserable for like three or four days. Like, I just couldn't even function. And then I finally went to the doctor, and I got antibiotics. Next morning, I was feeling, like, so much better. It's like, it just goes to show how quickly antibiotics work. Just go to the doctor, get some antibiotics, the sores go away, and I just walk right out. <laughs> um. Anyway. Yeah, it, it just, by, by Sunday, I, I basically didn't have a voice. Um, so, yeah. I didn't know it was strep at the time, but 
it's a good thing I didn't come over because you probably would have gotten it. And I would have been mad. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty fucking miserable. It sounds pretty fucking miserable. Yeah, 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 yeah. They swab the back of your throat to test for it, which is, you know, your back of your throat's already raw, and then they take, like, a Q-tip and just go... <laughs> do they make that noise when they do it? <laughs> yep. No, that, that was me making that noise. Um, it's like, when she's going to do it, I was like, please be careful, because I'm, my gag reflex is, like, on a hair trigger right now. <laughs> I'm going to puke all over your head. <laughs> Um, anyway. But you're better now. I am better now. Clearly, I have my voice back. You're welcome. <laughs> I know how much you all love my voice. Uh, anyway, so, uh, we're, we're back. It's, it's been a while. So, uh, what, what's new, Taylor? Uh, not too much. Mm-hmm. Lost my job. <laughs> yep. That's, uh, that's, that's a bummer. It is. Yeah, it's not, not great. <laughs> How you uh, how you been doing? You know, not making claymation movies yet or anything. So sure, <laughs> holding steady. Not trying to find your next great uh, money maker. <laughs> yeah, no, not yet. Like or start brewing your own beer. <laughs> Don't tempt me. <laughs> this is how we get rich. <clears throat> yeah, that uh, that sucks, man. You were there. You said like almost sixteen. Almost years? sixteen years. Yeah. Fucked up, man. It's like I, I hooked you up. Well, I didn't hook you up with the job, but like I put you on to the job, and like so you're responsible. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like it's not a great company, and like I mean, I only worked there for six months, maybe, maybe, maybe less. I, I, I it's, it's been so long. It's, it's been almost sixteen years, um, but. uh yeah, in hindsight, it's just like that company was fucking terrible. And like the fact that you worked there for so long, it's like, oh man, I hope you're doing better than I was there. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, you, you keeping yourself busy? Yeah, more or less. You know, just watching just, a lot of TV. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for jobs. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I really hope that, uh, that, you have much better luck finding a job than than I did last time I was unemployed because it took me almost two years. Damn. Yeah. And, like, you know, that's active, like, looking. Yeah. It's not just sitting back on my ass because, you know, I mean, I, I assume it's the same in every state. Um, but to get unemployment insurance in Washington, you have to be actively looking for work. Yeah. And you have to report it every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you can't just sit back on your ass and, and collect money cause right. they're, they're not going to give it to you. Exactly. <laughs> and if they want, like they, they basically take it on good faith when you report the places you've been looking and, and, and this and that. But if they, if you lie and they look into it, then you have to pay everything you took back. Mm-hmm. And that's not something you want to fuck with. Yeah. But... Anyway, yeah, good luck, man. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anything else new? Uh, no, not really. How was your Thanksgiving? It was pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Low-key, as always, we don't have to do like a big family thing, but every year we go down to my mom's uh, in Oregon, and 
just have usually a, a feast for the four of us. Mm-hmm. Five of us, if you count the dog. Right. Do you use like, do you do like the, the classic Thanksgiving dinner stuff? Yeah. Turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing. There you go. Cheese loves the canned cranberries. It's like her favorite. People grow up with that and it's just, it's part of it for them. Yeah. I, I don't like cranberry sauce. Like I hate cranberries. I hate, yeah. I don't like the taste of cranberries. Uh, but yeah, the, the gelatinous canned cranberry shit just looking at it looks so fucking disgusting but and it comes out of the can like <laughs> <laughs> and it's like if you don't cut like a hole in the bottom of the can it just goes you gotta like shake it and yeah, it just kind of wobbles out yeah. <laughs> and the closer it gets out of that can the the more it makes that sucking noise <laughs> and the more it wiggles yeah so the bottom just start going Woo! <laughs> I hope you can see in your mind, based on the length of my woos, how much it's wiggling. <laughs> or you could be joining us live on Patreon and hey. be seeing all this. Uh, yeah, yeah. We uh, we went to my my wife's family's house or her her aunt and uncle's house over the other side of the mountains. Um, and uh, yeah, we had uh, about. 10 people okay around there it's pretty substantial yeah i mean you know it's like two of us her parents her aunt and uncle her cousins her two cousins because yeah 10 11 12 something like that but anyway um it was nice uh and uh, I, i made the turkey but I like I, I offered just to kind of take the the burden off of her aunt and uncle. To, I offered to make the turkey, and I don't know what I don't know if it was the oven, uh oh, or or the like the the uh, meat probes I was using. <laughs> meat probes. The te- the thermometer. I'm still calling my penis that. <laughs> um, but uh, like the the breast and. The, the drumsticks turned out fine, but like all the dark meat was like undercooked. Mm. It it may have been okay to eat, but it was like kind of bloody. Oh. Yeah. And it's just like, I... And she didn't cut into it and have it go... <laughs> <laughs> I was like really bummed because I, I prefer the dark Save meat. Save the neck for me, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, like I, I, I prefer the dark meat, and oh. like it's because I couldn't eat it. It's just like, well, that was a waste. Yeah, everybody else is like, oh no, it's great, Tony. It's like, yeah, well, th- thanks, thanks, whatever. It's fine. I like the light meat, and then I smother it in gravy. Yeah, <laughs> big dirty <laughs> man. man. <laughs> uh, anyway, I made cornbread. Oh yeah, I made well. Technically, made cornbread pudding. Oh, yeah. from scratch, from a recipe. But I use the the Jiffy cornbread mix. Mm, yep, yep, yep. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> My dog is deciding if she wants to leave the room or not, and apparently, she just wants to see outside. Mm. Dogs are weird. Yep. 
Especially this one. Mm-hmm. Still, how long have you had her? Uh, almost two years, I think. God, has it been that long? Two years later, she still barks at me every time I walk in the uh, fucking no, I think place. We got her in like May. It's so like a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Barks at me every fucking time I walk in. Yeah, she's better today, though. I feel like. Uh, I mean, she barked. She didn't bark as long, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but and she's I'm like I'm I'm the only one she barks at, aren't I? I think so. Yeah, usually I mean you know new people she barks at, but anybody that comes regularly, I think you're the only one. Yeah, yeah. she like she probably didn't bark at your at your mom. No, and she probably sees your mom much less often. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what the fuck? <laughs> it's weird. She seems to have. I don't want to say issues, but she reacts more to men with beards in hats. All of those things apply to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't look like you, but I have those features. Right. And... So, yeah, I don't that, that seems to be it seems like the more of your face that she can't see, she reacts to. Mm. So like when everyone was wearing masks, she would bark at everyone that wore a mask. Yeah, I can see that. And yeah, like like I said, hats or sunglasses. She'll bark at people in sunglasses. Yep. Well, one of these days, maybe. Maybe. Anyway. Uh, this is our big Thanksgiving episode a week late. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. It's just how the schedule landed. And of course, we had to talk about Thanksgiving. Right. So we had to wait for that to come out. Yeah, I mean, fucking 10 years. Well, at least 10 years. When, when did Grindhouse come out? Uh, God, 2004? 2007. Okay, so yeah. 16 years? Christ. Um, so uh, there's only two left of the Grindhouse trailers that have not been made into movies. Yeah, Don't and... Um, Werewolf Women of the SS. Right. Which, if it's going to start Nicolas Cage, I want it. Sure, yeah. Like the trailer did. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Like, why wouldn't it start Nicolas Cage? <laughs> right. And Nicolas Cage. Rob Zombie has said he wants to do it. Well, he fucking should. <laughs> fucking A. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Edgar Wright has said, no, <laughs> I'm not fucking making dope. Because <laughs> it didn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> There's no way you could make a movie out of it. I saw something that was like, last night in Soho explores the same themes. And I was like, what? <laughs> What themes? <laughs> the themes of Edgar Wright in a diaper? <laughs> uh, Nick Frost. That's what I said. Yeah. I always confuse him because he played Ed. Mm, yep. And so in my mind, he's Ed. He's Ed. So he's Edgar. Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving later. Uh, we've been... I think you mean Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. White meat. Dark meat. I'll be carved. Um, and I mean, just kind of jumping ahead, they hit those notes too. They hit all will be carved. They hit there will be no leftovers. Mm-hmm. Like all the buzz phrases from the trailer. Yeah, and a lot of the scenes from the trailer made it in, made yeah. it into the movie. Um, well, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Talk about it later. But yeah, we've been waiting for it. I mean, since Grindhouse came out, but also like we've been talking about it since, the sh- since we started the show. Yeah, it's like Eli Roth fucking make the movie, right? That was the one. Like that was the one that everyone wanted to see yeah. was Thanksgiving. More so than Hobo with a shotgun. More so than Machete. Right. Although Machete was boss. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, a lot of people want to see Machete. Yeah. 
Machete. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so we'll talk about that later. Um, anything else before we... No, not really. Okay. Uh, okay, well, before we start the show, we want to thank our grave diggers, uh, these lovely folks over on Patreon that give us their hard-earned money every month so we can keep the lights on around here. That's right. Uh, it's not expensive, but it does cost money, and you know, Taylor has a job. job. <laughs> and I have a child, so... I don't have money either. That's right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, these these folks really help us out, and uh, you know, t- helping us take care of our website costs, and you know, where we host our MP3s, and making sure the we bring, give you the best product possible, which That's right. is you know, it's not it's not great. It's, it's relative. It is what it is. <laughs> um. Anyway, so, somewhere someone's going. This is the best possible. <laughs> You should go back and listen to our first episode. Yeah. You want to hear shit. Yeah. <laughs> I can't recall when we finally started to like hit a groove. Like, was it was it a long time? I think it might have been like a at least a year. It might have been like five years. We though that first <laughs> Yeah, maybe, knowing us. But like that first yeah, probably year, two years, even maybe we did. We made a, like a lot of changes to the show, yeah. Because like, okay, well, this thing's not working, or we want to do this part better. Um, and uh, yeah, the the first thing that had to go was us talking like fucking stupid radio hosts. Yep. <laughs> Thinking we were delivering the news days after the things had happened. Yeah. After like at least days, yeah. After more reputable and well-known sources, I had already reported on it. Yeah, like who the fuck do we think we are? I was like, we're not going to report the news. We're going to give our opinions on the yeah. news. That's what we finally realized. At some point, we were just like, this is supposed to be a conversation. Well, and we're sitting here talking like newscasters. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not what we want to do. Yeah, this isn't Dragnet. We don't need just the facts. That's right, ma'am. Hail Shaitan. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, so, Grave Diggers. <clears throat> uh, Carlos Rotella, Gory B-Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, Kevin Nesgoda, and the Nameless Ghouls, who, uh, contribute, but not quite enough to be name listed by name. Because we have tiers. We gotta have expectations here. That's right. Hence... Nameless. Mm. Uh, Taylor, if anybody else wants to help us out, where can they go? They can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. You can join for as little as $1. Like I said earlier, $1 gets you live access to horror business every episode on our Discord channel. $5 gets your name in the show. You also get things like discounts on Graveplot Podcast merchandise or Graveplot Film Fest tickets, which are on sale right now at GraveplotFilmFest.com. Oh, yeah. And uh, all, like Tony said, all the money goes back into the show or the film fest. We're not putting it in our pockets. We're not using it to pay our bills yet. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to. That's true. We would like to. But no, it all goes back into the show. Um, of course, once the show's over, then it's going to go in our pockets. But, oh, yeah. Um, we can get paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be like, all right, we've been doing this for 17 years. We each made $900. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Taylor may need to, if we need to see movies in the theater, Taylor may need to start using the money. <laughs> I almost did. Fuck. In between paychecks, I had to go see Thanksgiving. It's like, whew. 
This is a it's gonna be, it'll be a bigger a bit of a bite here. <laughs> so yeah, come join us on Patreon and uh, join join the Patreon party. Become a grave digger. Mm, yes, yes. And like I said, check out greatplotfilmfest.com. Uh, tickets are on sale now. It's gonna be February third, twenty twenty four, at the Arc Lodge Cinemas in Seattle. Um, Tony and I and uh, our friend Kevin Esgoda are weeding through the movies, and uh, we've got one judge so far. We need to get some more. <laughs> we do need to get more. If you uh, if you are in the business, you have some kind of credential that you feel like would uh, contribute to our judging. Let us know, and and maybe we'll talk. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Unless you're just some jabron. Yeah, you got to have something we can verify, right? <laughs> like, oh yeah, I I directed an Oscar winning film. Which one? Don't worry about that. <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> sure. Heard of it? Uh, let's see. Oh, I see you got here. The uh, the Ghostbusters trailer came out. Oh yeah, I was going to talk about that on last episode. The last episode didn't happen, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not totally sold on it. No, no. The whole I, f- Frozen things. It's it doesn't feel Ghostbusters. Yeah, I feel like I maybe need to see another trailer. Yeah. Um. I feel like they're trying to do like a um, like a Ghostbusters two type thing, where you know you had the, the slime that was like fed on sure. hate and bad emotions, yeah, and where it kind of like took over the city, something similar using ice and frozen stuff, yeah. And there does appear to be a big bad. You just kind of see a silhouette of of some kind of ghost or a big fucking thing yeah um yeah but i mean like all the all the people from afterlife are back all the all the old timers look like they're back too Mm -hmm. um i'll you know unless i completely missed him the two or three times i've seen the trailer i didn't see winston i was gonna say i don't think zedmar is in the trailer but he was like he was financing like he he he's I mean, if you've seen Afterlife, you know he's Mr. Moneybags now. I, I forget exactly what he did, but he's like financing, or he financed like reinvigorating the, the Ghostbusters, as indicated by the the after uh, after credits scene in Afterlife. Well, he's in the he's in the credits, like he's on the IMDb page. So I, I presumed he was in it. Just he was like the only one that didn't seem to be in there. Like also, I didn't see podcast anywhere in the trailer. Oh yeah, but uh, he's also on the IMDb. So well, but also Pat Oswalt is in it. Yeah, who I that's always a winner. I always love Pat Oswalt, and Camille Nanjiani is also in it. Mm-hmm. Mister Super Buff Guy now. Yeah. Man, I remember when he was getting ready for Eternals and he was like posting stuff online, like, you know, his post workout pictures. It's like, mm-hmm. fuck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got super jacked. Anyway, directed by Gil Keenan. Gil. Hi, Gil. Wasn't that? Good wasn't, morning, Gil. Wasn't Gil the character on The Simpsons that was like always trying to kill himself? Oh, yeah. I'll get a win for old Gilly. <laughs> Uh okay, let's uh do some more. Let's reviews. before we get to the main course of the movie reviews, let's have some sides. It's a Thanksgiving thing. I'm trying to do a Thanksgiving sure, gimmick. Yeah. It's real world horror. It's, it's horror business, yeah. Or, or yeah, that's what I said. 
All right, starting out in some real-world horror. Uh, so what would real-world horror be, like biscuits? Well, I mean, you eat the sides with the main course, so... Oh, that's true. These are more like appetizers. Appetizers. You don't really have appetizers yeah. at Thanksgiving. Well, or d'oeuvres. Are Hors- these the deviled eggs? Horror's d'oeuvres. Uh, yeah, I guess. Would you say horror d'oeuvres? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll see myself out. Get out of here. <laughs> I'll finish this by myself. Um... Anyway, uh, let's see. Starting out in real-world horror, uh, we're going to talk about another podcast, uh, a podcast host, I guess. Uh, it's not me. It's not, it's not Taylor. It's not me either, just in case you were wondering. We did um, do a, horror, a real-world horror story on you once. Oh, yeah. The Finger. Yeah. That was... Interesting. That, that was quite an experience. <laughs> that was quite the ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so on the Coast to Coast podcast, uh, host, writer, and paranormal expert, Joshua P. Warren. Is this? Is this Not to re- be confused with Ernest P. Warren. <laughs> That's Warl. Warl. <laughs> uh, is this relation to Ed and Lorraine? <laughs> I, don't even, I don't know. I hope not. Because. Because they shysters. Yeah. They full of shit. What's she doing? She's like poking my knee with her nose. <laughs> Can I help you very much, dog? Um, let's see. Uh, he was oh, fucking keep fucking this up. <clears throat> he was on the Coast to Coast podcast, uh, and he was discussing his research into haunted dolls and other strange phenomena. It's a phenomena. Uh, what is that? It's Jim Carrey impersonating uh, the amazing Kreskin on In Living Color. <laughs> I like. I knew it was Jim Carrey, but I couldn't think of what or like wh- what was from. But I feel like we probably make more In Living Color references than most horror <laughs> podcasts. More, most likely, yes. Although we don't do a lot, it's just kind of. I guess for a while we were doing a lot of uh, Do You Find Moose Accent. <laughs> And then a lot of joy, but if we go over here, as far as I can tell, Joshua Warren is not related to Ed Lorraine. Okay. Or if he is, he's keeping it a secret. I would as well. Uh, so yeah, he's talking about uh, the haunted dolls and strange phenomena. Uh, but one such doll known as Kennedy. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, kind of, vent- kind of ventriloquist doll. Are there more than one kind? I thought there was just the one. Just a ventriloquist doll and then a puppet? Yeah. But, I mean, like, ventriloquist dolls, don't they all kind of look like that one from, like, Goosebumps? Yeah. <laughs> Slappy? Is that his name? Yeah. Slippy, Slippy Slappy? Slappy Swanson? Swanson? Samsonite. I was way off. Um, What are you doing? Can you lay still, please? Sorry. <laughs> Your buddy is starting to give me a rash. She doesn't want the door closed. She wants the door open, but she doesn't want to leave. <laughs> uh, I'm never going to get through this story. 
<coughs> uh, the the doll. Oh wait, let's see. Uh, ventriloquist doll with an eerie appearance and mischievous grin. They all. They I was all, gonna say it sounds like most ventriloquist dolls. Huh? Uh, the doll had originally been sent to C two C, well, coast to coast producer Tom, and then given to Joshua after Tom began to hear weird noises in his home, like a bowling ball being rolled around. He doesn't even bowl. <laughs> Uh, Tom also said that a ceramic dish flew off the wall at one point, and a security camera captured a dark, misty form f- moving up and down the staircase. Up and down the stairs, and up and down the stairs, and up and down the sideways stairs. On a recent night, Warren said that he was awakened when something pulled the covers off him. Uh, he had a video surveillance can- uh, camera set up on Kennedy, and there is a timestamp of when he felt the disturbance in his bed. The video shows a meter next to the doll that starts squealing, which, quote, means there's some type of strange electromagnetic force or electromagnetic field, and there are these two translucent balls of light that just shoot past him and over towards the door. Uh, end quote. Yep. <laughs> that was all a quote. That w- oh, yeah. Um, though Kennedy was not recorded moving, because ne- they never are, um, it takes some kind of physical presence to even trigger the motion-sensitive camera. It seems like he has some sort of spiritual presence around him that is able to travel, Warren posted, or pos- posited. Spooky dolls. Ooh. All right. So, what's what are your thoughts on this? Like, I know you don't believe in any of this. What do you think it was? What's your explanation? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's like probably one of those things where you kind of had to be there. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, ceramic dish flying off the wall. It makes me, like. I have strong doubts that it fell off, or flew off the wall. I'm thinking it probably just fell. Sure. Which things do. Things just sometimes fall without ghosts. Yeah. Like a house <laughs> shifts or. Yeah. I mean, if it just suddenly like went whoosh across the room, that'd be one thing. That'd be weird. Um. Yeah, Warren said he was wakened when something pulled the covers off of him. I don't know. Fucking cat! <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I shock myself awake all the time. Um, like, sometimes I wake up without the sheets on. It just happens. I almost always wake up without the sheets on, but but I still the comforter is on. I push the sheets to the side and keep the comforter. I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I do weird shit in my sleep. I've like developed over over the what twelve years, twelve thirteen years. My wife and I have been together. Like I've developed this just like unconscious thing where like I like I sleep on my side and I like hold on to the covers because she sleeps like a maniac and rolls all <laughs> over the place. And like, do you sleep pretty still at night? I think so. Okay. Well, I mean, I I, I roll around. I just, you know, I, I'm a side sleeper, so I switch sides. But when I s- roll, I roll under the covers. 
My wife grabs the covers and rolls with them. <laughs> so I have to like keep a death grip on it to make sure I stay covered up. Anyway, I don't know. The fact that I don't believe in ghosts and I have strong doubts that they're real. Uh, I mean, like obviously I can't say with 100% positivity because I don't know these kinds of things. But I don't believe there are ghosts, and I believe there's a reasonable explanation for everything. And I'm sure there's one for this as well. But you don't know what it is? No. Again, I'd have, I would have had to be there. <laughs> it's like, if I would have seen it happen, I'd be like, oh, well, it's probably this. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that, I mean, when you hear like about a you know demon doll, as they call it, you'd picture a, a doll getting up and walking around, not yeah. just like a ghost that has a poltergeist living in it or something right that comes out and plays at night yeah it's a pretty boring existence bora boring it's like uh like annabelle or no no the the real annabelle What's, robert is that what his name yeah okay yeah it's like you think that this possessed doll has just been hanging out for the, the better part of a century longer probably longer longer it's like you know, poltergeists are, you know, supposedly malevolent spirits. They're not ghosts. And why would why would a poltergeist just hang out in a doll? That's ridiculous. Yeah, 1904. Yeah, well, there you go. Anyway. I could spend all day talking uh talking down the existence of ghosts. <laughs> we don't have all day. Anyway, what are your thoughts? I know you're a little less skeptical than I am. Yeah, I'm ghost agnostic. Um, but the whole like electromagnetic thing, I feel, is just such a cop-out. Yeah. Like, it means nothing. There is literally electromagnetic fields all over the just place. Just everywhere. And, like, and this computer is creating an electromagnetic field right now. Yeah, and like other things could, you know, set it off, like the, the fridge turning on or, you know, yeah. like you said, a computer monitor maybe lighting up or something. So, I don't know. It just feels like such a cop-out. It's like cold spots are getting your back scratched. Like, it's just, okay. it's just all bullshit. <laughs> it's like, if you capture a ghost... It's like the orbs thing. It's, it's, it's a refraction of light on a dust mite. Like, mm-hmm. If you catch a fully formed figure floating through the air... Moving On things. camera. Yeah. Uh, yeah, attacking people, moving things around. Scratching their backs so right. they yeah. can't breathe. <laughs> if you catch that on camera, then I'll be like, wow, that's something. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, oh wow. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. Kennedy. Kennedy. <laughs> I will follow him. Follow him wherever he may go. There isn't an ocean too deep, a mountain so high you can keep, keep me away. That's this is kind of old news at this point, but like I said, we weren't here last week, so we're going to talk about it now because it's probably the biggest news in the horror world. Uh, a sequel to the very popular It Follows is on the way. Uh, this was announced by Neon, which is the studio that made It Follows, and it's going to be called They Follow. Is it going to be more, more than one? 
It's more than one it now. Kind of sounds like it. Or is it is the they? Uh, what was Michael Monroe's character's name? It's Mika. Mika. No. S- Susan. Janet. Oh, that's all right. Oh, God damn it. Anyway, maybe maybe it's like maybe her and and other and the, her friends are following. They're, they're the followers now. Maybe it's they follow it. Weren't all of her friends dead by the end of the movie? Not all of them, I don't think. No, wasn't the one the 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 kid with the with the beak? He was still alive, wasn't he? Kid with the beak. The the, the boy that liked her. I don't know. I, I haven't know. seen the movie in so long. Yeah, I mean the movie is almost ten years old. By the time this movie comes out, it probably will be ten years old. It's from twenty fourteen. Jay was her name apparently. I don't remember that at all. We were so close. <laughs> Yeah. We would have just a couple more minutes. Oh, if I just read the next line, too. Um, yeah, Michael Monroe will be returning as Jay Height. The Height. That's a weird last name. Uh, and director, writer director David Robert Mitchell will also be returning. Uh, in the first movie, of course, Monroe plays Jay Height, who is a young woman, followed by an unknown supernatural force after a sexual encounter. A young girl. A young girl. Uh, in 2024, the threat is now everywhere. <laughs> what? So, like, does is it just? It, maybe it's just like a lot of followers. It's just they're all follow. Like, just everybody. So many followers. Everybody follows. I feel like that kind of loses its. Uh, it's like running threat. zombies. Yeah. I mean, at that point, it's just like well. <laughs> this may as well happen. Yeah, like, well, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, uh, the whole thing about the the it follows was that there was one of it, and you never quite knew who was it. Yeah, unless it was just following you around, then you had a pretty good idea. Yeah, then you're like, that's that's probably it. Yeah, they never they didn't call it it though. No, well, somebody probably did. So I'm sure someone probably did, but it wasn't just like, oh, it's that person is the it. Yeah. Because it was tag, you're it. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, you know, it follows is good. Um, so I have high hopes for this, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you know, I've been I've been let down before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Monroe earned an Empire Award nomination for her role of Jay Height. I'm not quite sure what that is. Me I don't know that I've ever heard either. of the Empire Awards. The Empies. Empies. <laughs> Uh, Neon will introduce the title to international buyers this week, which was probably like three weeks ago at this point, uh, with principal photography beginning in 2024. So like I said, it'll be 10 years by the time this comes out. Well, as good a time as any, I guess. Nice round number. I don't know that this is necessary. I don't think so. It is a pretty well self-contained movie exactly um and to like and like to expand on it well i mean i guess if you're gonna make a sequel you kind of have to because otherwise you're just making the same movie over again i do remember them leaving it open for a sequel like they kind of teased the sequel at the end if i remember correctly mm, i don't remember yeah it sounds like i'm we're due for a rewatch of this well you know it's funny i bought the blu-ray um i think i bought it like on a black friday sale a few years ago I'm pretty sure it's still in the shrink wrap. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, like you said, I, I like the first one, and it's Mitchell and Monroe are both returning, so it's the the core cast and obviously the creator of it. So I'll give it a chance for sure. But I also, like I said, like and well, like you said, it was very self contained, and it didn't. It just didn't feel like it needed a sequel. Like, right. Not everything needs a sequel. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that uh, Margot Robbie was like, "We're not going to make a sequel to Barbie." Like we told the story, it's over. Yeah, yeah, that's nice when people have that kind of uh, integrity, I guess. Yeah. Just like, no, that that was enough. Yeah, we told the story. <laughs> I'm sure the studio will be like, well, who are we going to recast as Barbie? <laughs> well, I mean, like, I don't know. If, I don't know what kind of rights that Greta Gerwig holds, but I can't imagine she would bend over for that either. Well, no, but if the studio has the rights, then everyone's replaceable. Sure. Anyway, anyway, uh, keep an eye out for they follow or uh, uh, yeah, that's what it's called. Um, they follows. They follows. <laughs> uh, I I tried to see if there was any more uh, info on this these international buyers at AFM, but I di- I didn't see anything about anybody buying it. But I assume it's going to be a hot property. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I'll keep an eye out in 2024. Get ready to be followed. Again, <laughs> that's what it's still. It should be like it still follows, like the title. Yeah, no, that's terrible. <laughs> it follows again. Is that better? <laughs> it continues to follow. It's still following you. <laughs> Look out! <laughs> Look behind you. All right, so upcoming is a film. Uh, it's a horror movie that's uh, centered around tribute bands. I, I assume metal tribute bands. No, no, it is an ABBA tribute band. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Iron Maiden singer Bruce Dickinson has been cast to star in the movie. Uh, it's from director Elza Kephart from Slacks. I think that's about like killer pants. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, the movie is called Bjorn of the Dead. <laughs> yes. Uh, when a possessed pair of jeans begins to kill the staff of a trendy clothing store, it is up to Libby, an idealistic young sales clerk, to stop its bloody dot dot dot. Oh my. <laughs> uh, deadline Rampage. Is... Rampage is the last word. Of that. Ah. <laughs> Deadline is saying, uh, in addition to Bruce Dickinson, the film will have various cameos from the world of rock and heavy metal. Uh, It's said to be a blood-drenched gore fest. It's being written by Austin Dickinson, who is Bruce's son, uh, and is based on an original story by Andrew Prendergast and Austin Dickinson. Why does Andrew Prendergast sound familiar? I think it might be a character in Paranorman, but... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, let's see. Deadline saying that uh, centers around an ABBA tribute band who find themselves, along with other tribute acts, trapped in a nightclub at the start of the apocalypse. I'm judging by the title. I'm going to guess this is probably a zombie apocalypse. Seems logical. 
Uh, Bjorn and his ba- band must work together to save themselves, humanity, and the future of music. Well, that's what's important. <laughs> Gotta save, save the, the music. Uh, the full plot synopsis, Bjorn, uh, lead singer in Abattoir. Abattoir, get it? Yeah. So they are a metal band. I mean, well, it sounds like it. Yeah. But they cover ABBA songs. Right. It should be like a... Well, they should capitalize A B B A. Sure. ABBA twelve. Yeah. Really really hammer it home. Yeah, turn the E B backwards. Yeah. Um, so it looks like the big boy logo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Bjorn, lead singer in Abattoir, and his bandmates Benny, Annie Frid, and Agnetha. Agnetha. Why is that N there? Uh, uh, spend the weekends covering ABBA classics at a variety of increasingly depressing venues. Know that feel. <laughs> Been there, bro. <laughs> um, from old folks' homes. Well, no, I guess we never really did that bad. <laughs> no. To empty pub back rooms. It's a grind and the band is ready to call it a day when Benny, the band's oldest and most needy member, hears of a battle of the band's competitions for, competition for tribute bands at the 90 Dimey. These are details we don't need in the synopsis. Right. Uh, as the band arrives to load in their gear, things begin begin to go awry rather quickly. A disturbance in the main room of a venue rapidly gets out of control, forcing Bjorn and his band to take cover backstage. Some of the other bands are injured from the fracas outside. Uh, injuries which soon present a problem when the wounded begin to metamorphose into bloodthirsty undead. So yeah, zombie movie. There you go. <clears throat> I wonder what part Bruce is going to play in this. That's, I was just looking that up, actually. Which there are no details on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Not even, like, the cast that's been announced. Oh, I can see the uh, preliminary cast if I sign up for IMDb Pro. Nah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, do you want the most basic information? Pay us $9 a month or however much it costs. What do you think I am? Made of money? Seriously. Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, uh, this sounds like it's probably like a comedy. Or like a comedy horror horror comedy. Yeah, yeah. So, I always got a little time for that, as long as it's well made. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know how much acting Bruce Dickinson has done. You might know better than me. I've seen him in a couple things. Okay, so he has done some. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, we don't know how big of a role he is playing. We don't know who he is uh, who he is playing, but could be cool. Sure, yeah. It's a Raven Banner movie. They sometimes have good stuff. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just going to be like, oh, yeah, everything Raven Banner puts out is gold. Yeah. Uh, okay. Get your spandex on, preen your wigs, and sharpen your axes. Bjorn is coming. Said Austin Dickinson. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes it sound like it's very hair metal. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah, like I. I it's clearly they clearly have a, a a metal band, but like I wonder what kind of metal. Yeah. It would be pretty funny to see Bruce Dickinson all done up like. Twisted Sister or something. <laughs> <laughs>
So Dead by Daylight's been pretty busy lately. Uh, of course, the video game, the asymmetrical horror video game, for those of you who are not familiar. Uh, they somewhat recently added Nicolas Cage, of all people. Have you downloaded that? No. I'm I, surprised. I thought you would have. Well, it's, you know, other things to spend money on. That's true. <laughs> and I don't, like, we've talked before, it's just like, I don't really like the game. It's it's too fucking hard. It's very difficult. Like I don't have the the time or the patience to get good at it. Yeah. And uh especially when you're playing with people online, it's like there's just no balance. Like you're you're playing with people that are like way better than you. Mm-hmm. And so you just get fucked up every time and it's like, well, this is really lost. And even just the way the game works, the game mechanics <clears throat> of it, they're slanted one way like it's it's just hard to win yeah i mean like you know there's no uh it's not like a co-op i mean like you know like you said it's asymmetrical so you've got a killer versus was it like four i want to say four yeah victims and it's like even though if you're one of the victims you know it's not there's not a lot of teamwork involved and you can't really like defend each other or fight back all that much. It's yeah, there's no fighting back. It's just running and hiding. Right. And then you have to fix these machines. And every time you do, it makes noise, and that brings the killer closer to you. And like you said, you can't, it's not like you can do that while someone else defends you or something. Right. So I mean, yeah, like everyone can go and try and fix a machine at the same time. But then you're basically sacrificing one person. Yeah. Because someone's gonna get off doing that. Yeah, like, I mean, like, if you're not good at the game, the only real hope you have is playing the killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even that's really difficult because you have to be, again, you're playing against people who have played it a lot more. Well, I'm speaking from my experience, playing against people who have played it a lot more than I have, uh, who are much more adept at how the gameplay works and, you know, what they need to do and how, to, how the mechanics work. Uh, and you know, me just kind of fucking bumbling around. It's like, you know, trying to, trying to find people who are hiding in this massive, well, I guess not all that big, but like large play area and on a time limit. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's just not my kind of game. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, but if it is your kind of game and you're looking for some, uh, extra additions, they've added, you know, uh, Michael Myers, Stranger Things. I think there's a there's Freddy's in it too, right? Yes. I know Ash is in it. Yeah. So yeah, there's you know some some properties there and Ghostface. Ghostface, yeah. Uh, coming. Well, by the time this episode comes out, it will be available. Chucky and Tiffany will be added to the game. Uh, Behavior Interactive, which is the developer behind the game, has announced that Chucky from Child's Play will be joining on November twenty eighth. Like I said, by the time this episode comes out, you'll be able to download it. Uh, Brad Dorif will, of course, be reprising his role as the voice of Chucky, as well as Jennifer Tilly voicing an alternate variant of Chucky with the good gal costume inspired by Bride of Chucky's Tiffany. So it's not actually Tiffany. It's just a female Chucky. Yeah, I guess so. It's, it's inspired by Tiffany. That's weird. Why wouldn't you just put Tiffany? Yeah. Although maybe it's a child's play Chucky. Well, Brad Dorif, is, I don't know. You know how the rights are splits, and well, yeah, but I mean, like, if it's Brad Dorf's Chucky, 
Don Mancini owns that. Right. And so, he, I presume he, since Tiffany is in his movies, I oh, that's he owns point, Tiffany yeah. too. So I, I don't understand. I don't know. Um, abilities, of course. We got to hear about those. Chucky has a slice and dice ability that lets him lunge at his victims in order to more efficiently cover ground. Because, of course, Chucky is this tall. <laughs> And yeah. so him running after people would be pretty funny, actually. Right. <laughs> uh, behavior has even included Chucky's human form in Charles Lee Ray into the game, assisting him in spirit form to assist him. This is terribly written. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Assisting him in spirit form to assist him in looking, in hooking survivors, as well as interrupting them while they're vaulting or repairing. Lastly, Chucky's scamper ability lets him leap through windows and move under pallets. So, okay, here we go. The copyright for the images provided to IGN include a copyright for 2004's Seed of Chucky. So it is, it's got to be Mancini. His his rights are, yeah. being, are what's being used. Um, But considering it says Seed of Chucky, not Bride of Chucky, could we possibly see Glenn Glenda at some point? Maybe, alternate skin? Maybe. Uh, And no word on if Andy will be a survivor as part of this pack. Usually they include like a killer, a survivor, and a map. Right. And no word of a map either. So. <clears throat> I don't even know what kind of map you'd use for. Yeah, I don't really know either. Unless you use like the hospital from uh, Cult of Chucky. It's really the only thing I could think of. Yeah, or maybe like like a good guy warehouse or something. Yeah, something like that. That would be challenging. Yeah, it would just dolls everywhere. Yeah. <clears throat> be fucked up. Mm-hmm. I need to catch up on uh, on Chucky. Me too. You've been mean, watching it. I'm even more behind than you. I started watching. I, I didn't even finish season one. So oh well, I'm way behind. Yeah. And it wasn't. I think I said this before, but it wasn't like a conscious thing or just like ah, say no good. Yeah. It was just I just kind of stopped, stopped watching it. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. <clears throat> Chucky. Chucky. <laughs> In touch with the ground I'm on the hunt I'm after you Smell like a sound I'm lost in a crowd And I'm hungry like the wolves Straddle the line Discord and rhyme I'm on the hunt I'm Alright, so Larry Fessenden Who is Kind of like I want to say he's the king of independent horror But he's he's made a lot of Little independent horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, very well known. And starred in a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's, the, he's the balding guy with the missing tooth. That's that's him. Is he missing a tooth? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, See, so what was the movie he just did recently with Barbara Crampton? Uh, Jacob's Wife. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vampire movie. Uh, well, now he's made a werewolf movie. So it seems like the natural progression. Sure. Yeah. Uh, titled Blackout, and it will be howling our howling its way into wait howling into, our, into your hearts. That's, that was a terrible. Did you pull that from something? Yeah, that's terrible. It's a bad pun. Howling our way. What howling is not? It's not a an, a, an action. An action. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like a, it is an action, but it's not a movement. movement. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Dark Sky Films has uh, acquired the North American rights to Blackout, uh, and they're aiming to release it in theaters and digital. Oh, it is f- coming to theaters. In yeah. the first, uh, there's something about that. It's like 
going to be a day and day kind of thing? Get, what? Is it going to be day and day? I wonder. Because I mean, it says theaters and digital outlets. So I'm wondering if it's the same day. Yeah, there's something. It might be like a contractual thing. I don't really know. But there's something about like movies like like they need some kind of theatrical premiere. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know what it's about. I'm, I'm not in the know enough, I guess. But <clears throat> I remember Adam Green talking about that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, releasing on theaters and digital, uh, the first quarter of 2024, uh, the story fall follows small town artist, Charlie, uh, played by Alex Hurt, a tortured man whose drinking binges blur with this sneaking suspicion that he might likely be a werewolf. Naturally. Wait, Alex Hurt. Is it well? There's a couple of different Alex Hurts. I don't know if it's the same one, but if if it's this one, it's William Hurt's son. Oh, well, how about that? But yeah, like I said, there's a couple, so it may be a different one. Mm. Uh, Blackout. This nope. This is a different one. Yeah. Well, never mind then. Um, he distances himself from those he loves and sinks dip deeper. No, it's the same one. Sorry, there's. It pops up with two different ones. Look, there's two different IMDb links, but they both go to the same place. That's dumb. So it is. It's William Hurt's son. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, okay. Uh, he distances himself uh, from those he loves and sinks deeper into solitude. His flashes of memory of his nighttime grizzly axe manifest, manifested through his artwork. Uh, Blackout is the third film invested in his monster trilogy following Habit. Vampires and Depraved Frankenstein. Did he not do Jacob's Wife? I thought he directed that. Uh, I know he was in it, but... I don't know. You know who else was in it? Babs. Phil Brooks. CM Punk. Oh, right. Guess what? Showed up at WWE last night. Fucker's back. That was short-lived. Yep. Uh, why would they bring him back? <laughs> As they felt they needed to give themselves cancer, I guess. I don't know. That's like how much of a of a, of an audience can he still have? He's burned enough, I guess. Every bridge, yeah. But I mean, fans don't care about that. Well, doesn't he? Like, he treats his fan base like shit too, doesn't he? I don't know. I can't speak to that. Oh, well. I just know he gets in backstage fights all the time. Has a lot of problems with authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Stevens did Jacob's Wife. Oh, okay. I thought that was fascinating the director of that. Well, I see Habit. Habit, Habit, Habit. I don't know if I've seen that or no, not. No, not Sister Act 2. <laughs> Solid movie, though. Uh, or Depraved. I don't really know what Depraved is. Nope, this is the wrong one. <laughs> Doing a real good job right now. Can you, can, can, can writers and directors come up with better names for their movies? Wait, Habit from 1995. Is it? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I have seen that. Uh, thanks to Joe Bob. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Uh, and Depraved. I, I, I don't know Depraved. Um, but this film continues his theme of critiquing the monster inside all people. And using excellent practical effects to boot. Uh, Fessenden said, I am interested in finding new truths in the classic monster tropes of my youth. The essence of each creature dictates the milieu of 
the film. And of course, the werewolf is both out of control and regretful so that the duality shaped my story. Uh, in addition to her, the cast includes Addison Timlin, James LaGrosse, Kevin Corrigan, Bab Scrampton, and Joe Swanberg. I don't think I know those first three names. Kevin Corrigan sounds familiar, though. Addison Timlin. I'm pretty sure I know that name. Kevin Corrigan. Oh, Kevin Corrigan is uh, this guy. Oh, <laughs> the kids are saying spank. <laughs> we don't say it's bank you will professor professorson <laughs> the only famous person i've ever seen in the wild oh really yep so i'm at starbucks in new york nice on 34th street it was really like as i was walking in he was walking out and i like stopped my tracks and i was like wait a minute <laughs> is that is that the guy Oh, Addison Timlin. Okay, who she is? Uh, she's she's been in some stuff. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I just remember her from California Fornication, where she showed her boobies. Oh, you know who else showed their boobies in Californication? Lots of people. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, apparently she was married to uh, the bear. She's married to him. Yeah, well, it says they're estranged. Oh. Well, then. Jeremy Allen White, that's his name. Anyway, uh, yeah, Fessenden. The bear is the restaurant. He's not the bear. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> oh, she was in the town that dreaded sundown. We did that. Was she? We did that on the show. She was also in Depraved. She was also in something called Love and Air Sex. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway. What is Air Sex? I don't know. The poster is this. <laughs> is that like... Like, like air humping? Se- sex with Superman? Simulated? Simulated oh, sex? Yeah. Yeah. Like across the room from each other? Yeah. <sighs> Uh, anyway, yeah, Fessenden. Uh, I know he, he's a, he's a very popular with the, with the indie crowd. Uh, his stuff's been kind of hit and miss with me. Yeah, just a little too indie sometimes for me. It's true. But um, this whole like I am interested in finding new truths in the classic monster tropes of my youth. I would rather you just said I'm looking to make a badass werewolf movie with guts ripping and boobs and blood and yeah, <laughs> that's. Yeah, same. I don't need the <laughs> duality of man in my werewolf. No, I just, I just, I just want a fucking werewolf. Yeah, and I want it to look fucking cool. Yeah, and I want it to just like rip some people apart. It doesn't need to be like a fucking nine foot mutant either. It could just be a guy in really cool werewolf makeup. Yeah, and a plaid shirt. Sure. Yeah, like fucking. I just uh, uh, a couple weeks ago I went and saw. Um, it was a, a double feature of um, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And Monster Squad. Nice. Yeah, it was a Friday Night Frights. Oh, they did uh, double features. I think it, it, uh, the, the the Blue Mouse Theater, is, it's their centennial, and it was just a special oh, okay. thing. Uh, anyway, so I, uh, yeah, but, you know, like uh, Lon Chaney Jr., mm-hmm. just the this, this simple Wolfman makeup looks great. Yeah. 
and even you know um in in monster squad just a simple wolf man thing it, it doesn't need to be a big fucking werewolf it just be a wolf man right that's that's fine although in dog soldiers they did look boss well sure yeah like underworld too fucking yeah. awesome <laughs> but you don't you don't need that you don't need to reinvent the wheel no Wolfman has been iconic for what eighty years? When did it come out? Uh, Nineteen thirty-one. So ninety years. Wait, no, that's that's Dracula. I'm thinking of. Nineteen forties, forty something. Yeah. So yeah, eighty <clears throat> years has been iconic. Yeah. For a reason. Yeah. Fucking Teen Wolf. Fucking hey. Teen Wolf looks awesome. Yeah. Just, just, just get, put him in a basketball uniform and call it a day. Yeah, I don't need I don't need a guy who thinks he's a werewolf and isn't. That that's that'd be stupid. It's like Vampire's Kiss. It's like the only reason that movie is even slightly good is because of, of Nicolas, Nicolas Cage. Cage. <laughs> if Nicolas Cage wasn't in that movie, it'd be fucking dumb. Because there's no real vampires. Yeah. And I mean, like, uh I've only seen Habit once, and it was a few months, you know, a handful of months ago at this point. Um, I don't recall if they're actually vampires in that either. I'm a vampire. <laughs> I'm a vampire. <laughs> anyway, yeah, just dude, just do the just do the werewolf. Just just do just do the line. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Larry. <laughs> Lawrence. You think his name's Lawrence? I mean, Larry Lawrence, usually. My dad's not a Lawrence. He's not? Mm-mm. Oh, well. Then I don't know. <laughs> it's like, sometimes there's people who are just named, like, Joe. And their name is just Joe. Like, it's not Joseph. Yeah, uh, I mean, my, my dad's name is John. It's not, not Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah, there you go. Oh, it's so weird when I when we're around people who grew up with him and they call him Johnny. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, it's like. Never have I heard, like, like I guess maybe my my grandma would call him Johnny every once in a while, but like my aunts and uncles never called him Johnny. Uh, you know, other family members never call him Johnny. That doesn't strike me as a Johnny. No, but apparently people call him Johnny. Like his cousins and stuff always call him Johnny when he was a kid. Hmm, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, Fessenden is a Lawrence. Ah. Lawrence T. Fessenden. Hmm. Not say what the T is for. The I'm going to <laughs> Larry the Fessin <laughs> The Fess. It's like Kermit T Frog. <laughs> Kermit T Frog here. All right, blackout. So a couple of years ago, Netflix put out a trilogy of Fear Street movies. They were all kind of loosely based uh, together. They took place in different timelines, but they kind of interwove, as it were. Yeah. They had Max from uh, Stranger Things was in at least one of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sadie Sink, right? Yes. Uh, well, it looks like Netflix is going back to Fear Street. This is not going to be... a based on any of these movies. Uh, Fear Street, of course, if you don't know, based on a series of books by R.L. Stein, of course, the writer of Goosebumps. 
Yeah. It was a series where he tried to make it more for... More YA. Yeah, rather than for kids. Right. Uh, Scott Stuber, head of Netflix Films, explains, obviously, there's a lot of books. Uh, There's one standalone that we're working on right now that we're once again trying to get the script right, but I like it very much, and so does the team. So I feel like if we can get that script right, there would be a great kind of extension of that franchise. Okay. Interesting he calls it an an extension, because that almost makes it sound like it is going to be associated with those other movies. Well, I mean, they're all Fear Street. Yeah, that's true. So, I I don't know. I like... I guess when they when they put out those three movies, it didn't really. Those aren't really based on any of specific books, though. Were they, they weren't. I thought they weren't. I, I don't know. I, I I never read Fear Street. Me neither. So I'm still waiting for a film adaptation of The Beast because that was my favorite R.L. Stein book when I was a kid about the roller coaster. Goosebumps. No. Oh, then I don't it know. was just an R.L. Stein book. I never read any R.L. Stein except for Goosebumps. <laughs> it was, um, I honestly, I, I really don't remember anything about it, but I remember it being my favorite, and I think it was probably just because it was about a roller coaster. <laughs> Hello, into roller coasters. <laughs> yeah, roller coasters are dope, man. I'm still, as an adult, I'm 40 years old, and I'm still super into roller coasters. <laughs> like, growing up, you know, other kids are into, like, airplanes and trains and cars and stuff. You just did roller coasters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that weird? <laughs> no, it's just your thing. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> let's see. With this bit of information, it's impossible to narrow down which story is in Stuber's sights, uh, but it does sound like the plan is to branch out from the original trilogy and let other characters take center stage. So branch out, again, kind of sounds like maybe the same universe, like the, the, the FSCU. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, the fact that they're called Fear Street Makes me think that it all takes all these stories take place in the same neighborhood, in, in the neighborhood, street, whatever. Cult this act. Again, I've, I've never read them, so I don't know for sure. But the fact that it's called Fear Street doesn't really imply to me that it's based on like other stuff, you know, around the country, around the world, or whatever. It seemed like it'd probably all be in the same place, right? And so. <clears throat> which the three movies all took place. In the same place, right? Yeah. Just same. different d- different times. Yeah. Same, yeah, town. Yeah. Uh, Stuber is also jonesing to break more into the horror genre. He says, if you look at its history, which I love horror, I'd, lo- I'd like us to find our own Freddy Krueger, our own Jason, our own kind of iconic horror character, and we haven't really honed in on that yet. So the team is working hard on that because I think there's a real opportunity there. Good luck, bud. Every Halloween, basically, I look and go, okay, there's 20 great characters to pick from. We should be making those movies. Um, I feel like the best way to do that is, is yes, to really decide you're going to make an iconic character. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how these things work, no. bro. Your character becomes iconic. You don't get to just make an iconic yeah. character. And, like, the fact that they're clearly putting so much time and effort into, like, plotting it out. It's like, no, dude. Yeah, you're overthinking this, I think. Yeah. It's like, they didn't, like, John Carpenter didn't, like, write this epic backstory or this, like, really detailed storyline for Halloween. He just made the fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Friday the 13th. It's not like there was, like, this, now, at the time, it's not like there was, like, this huge backstory attached. It's just, 
And it wasn't like, we're going to make 12 of these fucking things. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I guess my advice to Scott Stuber would be step one, hire us. Sure. Yeah. Step two, step three, profit. <laughs> yes. We could probably come up with something. If somebody was paying us to do it, we could come up with something. We could absolutely come up with something. Yeah. Because it's just like we don't have the time to just sit there and with our thumbs up our asses. And I, mean, I think about this. Well, yeah, <laughs> I guess you do. We'll get to work. <laughs> Give me some fucking money, Stuber. <laughs> um, I think he makes people call him Captain Stuber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Like, hey, guys, remember that show that was off the air by the time you guys were born? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, They try to reboot that at some point. Maybe. It seems like something they do. Yeah, it absolutely does. I mean, Magnum P.I. is back. Uh, It got canceled again. Oh, did it? Yeah, it's like, so they, they... It premiered on CBS... CBS canceled it, and then I think NBC picked it up, and it ran for like two more seasons, and they just canceled it again. Oh, all right. Uh, there was a, the real Love Boat TV series on twenty twenty in twenty twenty two with the fat kid from Stand by Me. <laughs> <laughs> what made it real? Is it a reality show? Uh, it was a reality show based on the nineteen seventies series. So it was just a dating show on a boat, right? <laughs> a little bit of love, a little bit of dysentery. <laughs> they should call it, they should reboot it and call it Fuck Boat. <laughs> You're on Fuck Island. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. That's it, guys. That's horror business. Yep. Like, only took us well an hour, hour, hour thirteen. Not too bad. I'm always down for more hor- more uh, horror on Netflix. That'd be great. Sure, yeah. But um, yeah, he, he when he says I love horror, and then he's just like, we need something to make a lot of money, <laughs> right? And that's the problem with fucking studio executives. It's like it's like we need the next best idea that's going to make us a shitload of money, guys. Yeah. Which okay. Yeah, that's that's the studio head's job. Job, but you can't fabricate that, right? Like you have to just come up with a good idea and throw it out there and see what happens. And horror fans are fickle. Yeah, like we know, right? You can make something that like checks every single box, and horror fans can watch it and go, well, "This ain't no good." Yeah, and shoot their TV <laughs> with a gun. <laughs> no, no, that ain't no good. <laughs> And then you can make a movie for $12. The story doesn't make sense. People go, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Just show fucking boobs and people getting their heads chopped off. Yeah. It's a fucking winner. Exactly. Anyway. There you go. On that note. Horror business. All right. Uh, So where we go from here, Taylor? Main course. Gobble, gobble, motherfuckers. It's movie reviews.
All right. So like we said before, this is our Thanksgiving special a week after the fact. This is what our th- only our third <clears throat> Thanksgiving episode? Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of Thanksgiving uh, movies. So. It's true. Once they stopped making Thanksgivings, we were kind of tapped out. Right. And, I mean, we, we pretty much covered all the ones that they made in, like, the 80s. I know the, our first one was just Thanksgiving. We did, like, a little, just a mini-sode. Yeah. And then I think we did Thanksgiving 3 and Home Sweet Home. Yes. And is that it? Didn't we do Blood Ocean at one point? Blood Ocean. <laughs> is that wait, is that a real movie? Yeah. Isn't, okay. that, isn't that just from Death Clock? <laughs> um I honestly wait, don't. Am I not? Maybe that's not the right title. God damn it, what is it? Uh, I, I honestly have no idea what movie you're talking about. Ah. Uh. Blood Freak. Wait, no, that's all right. What the fuck am I thinking? I, I don't what movie I'm thinking. I just can't think of the title. <laughs> I, I honestly have no idea what you're talking about. Um. Okay, let's see. Uh, flesh and Blood? Blood Freak? Is it Blood Freak? Yeah. 1972? I don't think we did that. No, that old. Uh, Blood Rage. That's the one. Which one was that? It was one with like the twin brothers. Did we? Did we do it on the show? I know I watched it, but I. I don't know. If we didn't do it, then god damn it! I should have picked that for this episode. (laughs) I, I specifically didn't pick it because I thought we'd already done it. It sounds vaguely familiar. But I don't know. And there's... A, it says Boogeyman is a Thanksgiving movie? Boogeyman. There's a, a couple Into the Darks that are based on Thanksgiving, too. Um, yeah. The, the And there uh, is Blood Freak is also <laughs> apparently a Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, I should have... Black Friday, we did that, but it wasn't for a Thanksgiving episode. No. We just did it because it had uh, fucking Bruce. Well, yeah. All right. Anyways. Maybe we... All right. Fuck. We didn't... I don't think we did it. Damn it. I definitely should have picked that one then. Guess so. I mean, we've done so many other movies that start with blood. Yeah. Yeah, Blood Rage is fucking ridiculous. I would have much rather talked about that than the one I did pick. <laughs> anyway, but we have two Thanksgiving movies, and uh, do I even need to ask which one you want to start with? Nope, just play the fucking trailer. <laughs> about an outdated, hypocritical appropriation fest. Ah! 
Thanksgiving turkey, have you ever seen anything so beautiful? All right, so uh, The Last Thanksgiving is a movie from 2020, uh, written and directed by Eric Lornick. Or Th- L- Lornick? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it, it, n- Let's start here. It has a budget of $20,000. Mm. That's 1000 well, it says ten to twenty. Ten to twenty. Twenty thousand tops. Right. Uh, it clocks in at a whopping seventy-three minutes, <laughs> which I was very shocked by. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I like I, jumping ahead. It feels longer. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like. Uh, so this movie, I started in it. Said like. One hour seventeen, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, wait a minute. Like, so I, I I went and saw Thanksgiving last night, and I saw it at like seven fifty five was the show time. So you figure it probably starts around eight thirty, <laughs> and then it's like an hour and forty seven. Yeah. So I got out of the movie a little before ten. Um, and uh, it's like, oh man, I gotta watch the other one still. It's like, I wonder if I can get this done before I go to bed. And I started it. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this is fine. This is like a long episode. Like, a, this is like a special edition episode of ALF. Like, this right. is fine. <laughs> yeah, and like, I, don't, I didn't time the credits, the beginning or the end. But, you know, you got to figure probably. There couldn't have been a lot of people working on this. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> So, like, looking at the Wikipedia page, it looks like this was uh, a film done almost entirely by undergrads at University of Miami. Mm. Um, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they were film majors. I mean, it's, it says undergrad students at the University of Miami and Miami locals. Right. So, are they just, like, people they found on the street? Like, hey, you want to you be in a movie, kid? <laughs> Gonna be we're, in, my, in my film Sunset Dreams. We're <laughs> we're gonna film a movie in Hollywood, Florida. Florida. <laughs> um. Anyway, okay. So this movie centers mainly around Lisa Marie, who is this waitress at was it Dairy's. Fish and Grits, I think it was called. Yep. If you like uh, Fish and Grits and all the dope shit, let me hear you say, oh, yeah, you're. Yeah, yeah you're. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're doing. Right. Outcast, dude. Oh. Okay. Everybody loves Outcast. Well, sure. Um, <laughs> Thoughts on uh, Andre 3000's flute album? Flute album? Yeah, he put out a flute album because he said he doesn't have anything to rap about anymore. Oh. <laughs> I saw that he'd put out an album, but I assumed it was just a rap album. Nope, it's flute. He's a, he's a, he's a flautist now. Like Jethro Tull? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't listened to it. Does he play Aqualung? I hope so. <laughs> Sitting on a park bench. I don't know the words except for park bench. <laughs> Um. All right, so yeah, it centers mainly around Lisa Marie. 
who like just right off the right off the the the, the bat bat. Thank you. <laughs> Couldn't turn a phrase. I thought you turn a phrase. <laughs> uh, she, it's like just right away, just bitchy, dude. No one in this movie is likable. No, except like I don't know, like maybe the old uh, guy in the wheelchair, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or the black guy. I was gonna say, uh, is that Tyler? The. I think it's. I think it's Eddie. No, I think Eddie's the gay guy. Hmm. <laughs> Who's got the crush on Tyler? Because he's just so tall. Right. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so it's Thanksgiving. And Lisa Marie, uh, she has to go and work at at this tiny little privately owned, your your family owned restaurant on Thanksgiving, which it's like, unless you like work at like Denny's, there's no point. Right. Don't open a place on Thanksgiving. Nobody's coming there. Especially if nobody's going to eat fish and grits on Thanksgiving. That's, it's strange. Yeah. Um... Although, by all accounts, it's just a diner. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't see anything that necessarily reads specifically like uh, it's a fish restaurant. Yeah, because when Quiggles comes in, she orders the turkey and then switches to a salad because she's a vegetarian. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and that's, that's the star power here is is uh, Quiggles or... Yeah. Linnea Quigley to the layman. Right. Quiggles, as she likes to be as called. As she likes to be called. Um, we have our own name for like all the horror icons. Yeah, Quiggles and Babs, and <laughs> the Fess. Fess. <laughs> uh, so she's she's just Lisa Marie. She's just pissed off because she has to go into work and like she's taking it out on her on her. I guess it's her mom. Uh, I think so it's like if if I would have talked to my mom the way she was talking to her mom. I would have been dead. It would have been dead, man. Yeah, it kind of had stepmom energy, though. So yeah, it may have been in that that case. Um, but yeah, she was just acting like this really fucking bitchy, obstinate, like little Bratty girl. teenager. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, her 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 mom or whoever she is, she's like, we'll we'll do another Thanksgiving because it seems they're still having like their Thanksgiving meal. She's like, we'll do another Thanksgiving with you some other time. It's like that's that's never as good, right? It's like a couple of years ago when uh, my when all three of like my me, my wife, and and my son all had COVID on Christmas, so we couldn't go that's see right. my family. Uh, we couldn't see either of our families, um, and uh, we couldn't even we were too sick to even do uh, Christmas like at home, like on Christmas. We ended up selling everybody on like I think it was like the day before New Year's. But yeah, it's like, oh yeah, well, my, our family's like, we'll get together after. It's like, well, okay, but it's it's not the same. Well, also, it may have been the same year when we had that big ice storm, and we were supposed to fly to Colorado, and we literally couldn't get out of our fucking driveway. I don't remember if it was the same year. Maybe the year before. I don't remember. Yeah, we so we we ended up flying out on Christmas. Mm. I I. I guess I remember you doing that, but I don't remember if it was the same year or not. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall. I think it may have been the year before, actually. Could be. 
Yeah, because, I mean, we would have gone if we weren't sick. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, yeah, so she's just she's just moody and acting like a bitch to everyone on her way out. And she's just so furious that she has to go into work. But she goes in and, you know, we, we meet the rest, basically the rest of the cast. Uh, her co-worker, who is just is a bitch, like... <laughs> Yeah, the, the goth girl who's just rude to everyone just because she's goth, I guess. Yeah, because that's what yeah, that's what goth people do apparently. Um, Cordelia was that her name? That sounds right. Yeah, Tristan Patashnik. No, no, that's not right. Cause oh, that tr- Br- Brimston is the the bad people. Right. Uh, Trudy? No. Maybe could be Trudy. Spam Panato. Great names in the, the cast had great names. Tristan Patashnik. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Uh, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to try and get through this. Um, she she goes into work, and uh, side note, there's a family who we would get in. We find out pretty quick that they're cannibals uh, because they're the Brimstons. The Brimstons, yeah. The, she's um, Cordelia. She's she's making a sandwich, and she cuts her hand open and puts blood on the bread, like it's fucking mayo. Gross. Yeah. And then her brother, Kurt, or so they say, <laughs> uh, comes up and like, like, picks up some of the blood with his finger and licks it, and it's, that's Ugh. icky. Um. So. They like they're they're talking about how like they're gonna go out and you know they need to find something to eat fresh meat yeah um and, and they have this other brother named Trip who yeah. wears like a pilgrim mask all the time yeah well I don't think it's a pilgrim mask I think he's just he's got the mask that looks like something out of the purge and then he's got that pilgrim hat like the buckle hat okay um but yeah he wears that. Apparently, I guess he does get it pulled off at one point, and he's he's like deformed or something. Yeah, that was a very kind of Halloween moment. Mm-hmm. So it's very fast. But yeah, he he's kind of like like the leather face of the Sawyer family. Yeah. Um. And um, there's another sister who's like barely in the movie, Maggie. Um. And uh, so they 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 basically are going out hunting. They're hunting people. They're hunting humans. They're hunting humans. Oh. Yeah, like the song. Yep. Um, and back at Dairy's, you know, they the the owner, he uh, he tries to basically like like normalize it. He's like, yeah, I thought more people were coming in, but you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep on trucking. Yeah. Everybody's just like, so nobody's in here. Are you gonna let us close? It's like, I don't. We'll, we'll, we'll keep going. Well, they, at one point, you find he says, like, you know, just clean everything up. As long as no customers come in before you're done cleaning, I'll send everybody home. Yeah, and that's when Quiggles, Quiggles walks, walks in. <laughs> you open? Um, <clears throat> anyway, so, yeah, it, it basically comes to the point where the, the, the Brimstons descend on the diner. Um, trip. Trip? No. Trip's trip. the one in the mask. Uh, Kurt. Uh, Kurt and Cordelia, they seem like kind of like the, the masterminds of yeah. the family. So, uh, Kurt goes in 
And he goes in like saying he's looking for a job. Yeah. On Thanksgiving. Right. And the managers or the owners just like, yeah, totally. You can shadow my my uh, employees. Yeah, my kitchen crew. Yeah. So he's just there on Thanksgiving when like all these people don't want to be there and aren't doing anything. Yeah. There's one customer who ordered a salad. Right. And then he he starts picking off the staff. Like he uh, he takes the what was it? what was the owner's name? Um, um, Mr. Pearl. Yeah, Mr. Pearl. Okay. Yeah, he takes Mr. Pearl. Or he goes back into Mr. Pearl's office and then shoves a whisk into his eye. Yep. And makes a seafood pun. Right. It's terrible. It's not good. <laughs> I mean, puns are not good in general. Yeah. Yeah, but this one was especially bad. Uh, and then yeah, so it just the brimstone start killing people, and that, that's that's basically the gist. <laughs> yeah, and Lisa Marie is just like she takes every opportunity to complain and bitch about everything. <laughs> She's like, I'm not even supposed to be here today, right? And it's like the whole world is just attacking her or something. It's like, you know there are people dying overseas, right? There's people dying right here. Sure, yeah. Dying, dying, dying. Freezing in the streets. They don't have jobs. I meant like in this restaurant. Well, yes. Um. Anyway, that's... Do I need to talk about it more? <laughs> Not really. Is there much more to say? Not really. Uh. That's... Yeah, That's that's basically it. There's... A couple, no, there's a couple okay kills. There's one point where he fucking takes a big meat cleaver and chops a guy's head in half. Directly in half. Vertically. And it just kind of flops over. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, That was after, uh, well, that was Mr. Pearl's dad. Right. And that was after he killed uh, the other sister um, with, with a broom handle right. and it wasn't like broken in half so it was sharp it was just a regular broom handle right and he still impaled somebody with it i was like waiting for him to and he was in a wheelchair so he probably couldn't have snapped it over his knee but i was waiting for him to just break it in half right and then start poking people with it ow stop i'll stab you with my stick um yeah i I wish I hadn't picked this. It's not good. <laughs> it's uh, it's like, you know, it's like one of those things. Where it's like, yeah, you know, good effort, good effort, good, good first effort. Yeah, okay, hit the bench. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like kind of wish I would have picked like any other movie. It was between this and that one Into the Dark movie. I think it's just called The Pilgrims. Pil- I think it's just called Pilgrim. The Pilgrim. Um. And it's like, well, that one's Blumhouse. This one's an indie and it has Linnea Quigley. Let's give this a shot. Man, that really blew up in my face. <laughs> not to say that Pilgrim's any good. I, I don't know if it is or not, but... They can't all be winners. <laughs> um, yeah, this is just basically amateurish in every aspect. The music is done by a guy named Noah Schatzline. <laughs> this this whole movie's got very very great names. Yeah, Nicholas Punales. 
Spampinato. Spampinato. Michael Vidovich. Uh, yeah, and Potashnik. That that name just for some reason that name cracks me up. It just sounds like a like a guy that works in an office. Oh, Nicholas Pinelli's also played Mr. Pearl. Wait. He was the cinematographer and also he played Mr. Pearl. Oh. Well, who was filming the scenes he was in? I assume his AD. Mm, yes. Do you think this one had an AD? <laughs> you think that? Probably not. Just put the camera on a tripod. That's probably more accurate, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I applaud the effort. Like, I appreciate what they were trying to do, but... Um, it's just not a great it's not a great movie it's really not like the acting is very amateur um the i mean it seemed like he got better but um what's his name not trip but the other brother kurt he maybe it was because he was trying to like put on an act as the character but at first his acting was really bad yeah and like i said it got better so maybe that was it was supposed to look really bad because he was putting on a facade. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I remember thinking like, oh, this guy is painful. (laughs) And, you know, it's like, like I said, the star power is Linnea Quigley. Everybody else is basically nobody you would have ever seen before. Um, And it's like they say, you know, an experienced actor can elevate the whole cast. I don't think that happened in this one. Well, she wasn't used very well, in my opinion. Yeah, she was just kind of there. Yeah. And then she, then, then she was dead. Right. <laughs> like, her big scene was a dance party. Right. And she doesn't, her ass doesn't get naked again. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was like almost 40 years ago. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, this movie is just like, a bunch of stuff happens that you're just like, why am I watching this? Like I said, there's a big dance party in the restaurant because there's nobody coming in. Yeah. And so they just have this dance party. And then that's when Kurt comes in and nobody at any point is like, the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, can I get a table? Right. Like the, the relationships and the dynamics between these characters, like these people who work together, it's just like so weird and like both i i think trudy is the goth girl trudy and lisa marie come into mr pearl's office and they're just like hey you fat ugly fucking piece of shit why the fuck are you making us work today and like his dad is sitting right next to him and mr pearl's just like what am i gonna do and i'm like fucking fire them (laughs) it's like that is like beyond insubordination right They're flipping him off, like as they walk out of the room to his face. Like it's not like behind his back or anything. Like all this just complete, yeah. Ins- insubordination is not sufficient, right? It's they're just being mean to him, <laughs> and he's just like, oh, "Well, I need employees." <laughs> yeah, and it's like, did we? Just, Tyler, we decided that was the the gay guy. I no, I think Tyler is the black guy. Okay, well, whichever one. Yes. Tyler's yes, I am right. Okay. 
Um, he, uh, <clears throat> so Eddie, the, the, the gay guy, he's like telling Lisa Marie that he's going to ask Tyler out. And Lisa Marie's like, well, he, he's not gay. And he's like, but he's so tall. He's so tall. <laughs> and it's like, he, like, then she goes and tells Tyler. And then apparently they've had some kind of tryst. And they like they have like this big argument, like just airing their laundry like in front of everyone. Yeah, it's like this is something you'd like, you know, go in the yeah, like in hey, the back room can or come out back. And... Yeah, but no, just right in the middle of the restaurant. Yeah. <clears throat> um. And uh, yeah, and like there's the there are these two uh, cooks, um. Is it Trudy? No, I think Trudy is the guy. Oh, uh, Ms. Perez. That's got to be one of them. Oh, Miss. Yeah, Miss Perez, Perez and Mrs. Kim. Kim. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, like they. Lisa Marie appears to have almost no relationship with either of them at any point until like near the end of the movie. Like they're back in the, they're in the kitchen. They know that the cannibals are outside. Like they, they've managed to barricade themselves in the kitchen, with with the the family stuck out in the dining area. <clears throat> and for some reason, after people have already died, this Miss Perez, she's just back there slicing tomatoes. Well, no, I guess Lisa Marie is slicing tomatoes. Don't know why. It's like what? Skip. Like having a snack? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> And Miss Prez is like, oh, no, you're doing that all wrong. And they like, Lisa Marie, she just blows up at her again. And then they have like this heart-to-heart moment that seems like very out of place. Yeah. Uh, and like, it's almost like Miss Prez is suddenly like this mother figure to her. It's like, what is happening here? <laughs> this is like, this whole movie is very clunky already. And now you're throwing this into the mix. Yeah. I mean, this movie hits a lot of the like B movie bullet points. Sure. In but like th- that's not a compliment. Um, <laughs> and like, there's just like long stretches of dialogue that don't really make any sense. There's a dance party. I don't know why, but these B horror movies always have dance parties. Sure. <laughs> and yeah, there's just like a lot of stuff that doesn't really fit. But then like gory scenes whether the gore is good or bad in this case it kind of goes both ways it's at times it's good at times it's not so good but it's there it's gory you know they do focus on the gore which if you're gonna make a b-movie if if the gore is not good then make it over the top Mm -hmm. throw more blood at it that's yeah that always helps exactly yeah if it's like oh this doesn't look very lifelike it's like well then just covered it in blood yeah then you won't notice exactly um yeah. And the the Brimstons their whole like reason for doing this is so it's not really convoluted. It's easy enough to understand, but it's like it doesn't make sense why why this has been going on for decades, centuries and yeah. And then yeah, there's a there's a part where it's like no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Because then you're like I'm just okay, whatever. Like they they reveal that they are descendants 
of one of the original pilgrims present at the, the, the first Thanksgiving. And they say that this ancestor of theirs, she was responsible for cooking uh, for, the, for the feast, and she ran out of meat, so she slaughtered some Indians and cooked them and served them to the, to the other Indians. Right. Uh, and, yeah, so this has been going on for, like, this this apparently become a tradition, and it's, it's been passed down from generation to generation for, what, 600 years? Right. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I don't know why. Exactly. It's a weird family tradition. Right. But then you find out that this ancestor is still alive. It's like, what? Yeah. Where did that come from? And, and there's there's never an explanation of why or how. There's no like, oh, the human meat gives them powers or right. something. Like, and there's a suggestion that she's like still like the, 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 they're they're trying to create more spawn. And so this decrepit old lady who is somehow still very youthful for somebody who's presumably 600 years old, <laughs> uh, she comes down, comes out and uh, looks to sit down on Tyler's lap and one can only assume had sex with him, although that's very glossed over. Mm. Like... Saying it's glossed over is glossing over how glossed over it is. <laughs> it's also clearly just a person in an old lady mask. Right. Painted. Not painted a very good yellow. one. No. Like, I don't. Like, no offense to her, but put Quiggles in that role. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the longer this movie went on, the less it made sense. Um, yeah. And. And then I wish big, I didn't have to say these things. <laughs> yeah, the big hero moment is the guy goes, "You like Thanksgiving? Happy Thanksgiving!" I'm like, yeah, that's your fucking one liner. <laughs> Couldn't workshop that a little more. <laughs> like this is your hero moment. This is when they say something super creative or or just dynamic, and you have you like Thanksgiving? Happy Thanksgiving! Right. Honestly, even just Happy Thanksgiving would have been better. Yeah. Without the precursor. Yeah, or, yeah, like Happy Thanksgiving, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gobble, gobble this, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, and Lisa Marie apparently has a boyfriend. Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, he works at the theater mm -hmm. and he's playing Santa Claus versus the Martians. Mm-hmm. Because it's free. Very fair use, yeah. <laughs> Which he even says at one point. She tells him to put on something else, and he's like, but that costs money. Yeah. And, like, he seems to be, like, the only likable person pretty much in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, like... It, <laughs> he's kind of a douche, too, though. He, like, she goes to visit him at the theater, and, you know, she's just bitching about everyone and everything. And he's just like, well, he basically just tells her, like, well, you don't have to be a bitch all the time. <laughs> like, just being straight with her. Yeah. And she's just like, what? That actor's name is Bobby Eddie. Great name. 
two first names. Never <laughs> trust a man with two first names. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he gets it too. So it's like, okay, well, that was short lived. Yeah. Um. Anyway. <sighs> yeah, like I, I mean, I've said before, I don't like just just bashing a movie like. I mean, we, usually, usually we, I we don't. know firsthand it takes a lot to make a movie. Yeah. And so anybody that makes a movie, you know, credit where it's due. Yeah. But yeah, like sometimes that's not enough. Yeah. It's like there are times when you may want to make something, but it's very bad. And you should not make Sometimes it. maybe think about like scaling down or, you know, something to kind of adjust so that it's not yeah. bad. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, this is only 73 minutes long. I mean, you know, counting for credits, probably closer to like 60, 65, just barely over 69. Hour. 16, 69. Nice. <laughs> um, and uh, I maybe this would have been better if you kept it to like a short film. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, twenty minutes maybe. Because uh, you could have condensed what you had, focused more on those. Like condense the good parts you have and focus more on them, rather than trying Make a to tighter story. Yeah, get you know more blood and guts in there. Get some more gore going with that twenty k. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, what uh, what 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 they put out for us, it's it's not good. Also, the mask that uh, Trip wore was silly. Yes, it like had a big cheesy grin on it and stuff, and so it just it was more funny than scary. Yeah. Although this like Wikipedia says this is a horror comedy, and like yeah, I saw that too, and I'm like, I don't think you're supposed to be laughing at it. Yeah, I mean, like, it had jokes, but nothing I was really laughing at. Yeah, it was more, like, for levity, not because it was a comedy. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, I'd give this two. Yeah, I'll give it a point for the gore, and that's about it. So um, there you go. It's on Screenbox. If you, it's also on Tubi, yeah, or Freebie, yep, which is Amazon's free channel. Yep, yep. All right, uh, moving forward to 2023, brand new movie just came out. Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a time for appreciation. It's a time to remember our many blessings, to celebrate with the ones that we love the most, and it's time for all families to be together.
Right, so as we said earlier in the episode, this is based on a trailer that premiered before uh, Grindhouse, the double feature of Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino Grindhouse films. And this is the third one of those. Uh, and the one, like we said earlier, that everyone's been waiting for. Third? Yeah. Machete, Hover, Shotgun. And this. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Why do I feel like there's one more? I don't know. But this play takes place in Plymouth, Massachusetts. And uh, the... Heard of it? I I have. (laughs) It's where Plymouth Rock landed on us. (laughs) Uh, The movie starts out with this... There's this family getting ready for their Thanksgiving meal. Uh, Sheriff McCreamy comes up. Comes to the door. I, I like this opening bit though, where he like he knocks on the door and he goes, "Yeah, I'm looking for somebody, uh, tan brown skin, uh, no head." <laughs> and the guy's like, "Yeah, no. In fact, I'll have him serving up my silver platter for you." Like this is good. This is good yeah. banter. This is good banter. <laughs> um, yeah. Then this the patriarch of this family gets a call and he has to go into work. He works at a big box store, big superstore called Right Mart. It's Walmart, yeah. It's basically Walmart, yeah. And, you know, his family's just like, no, you can't, can't go. His wife, Gina Gershon, is like, no, no. She's like, monkey boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How many people would make that Gina Gershon reference? Not many. <laughs> but so he goes to work and he you know he's the manager of this right mart and they're getting ready for their big black friday sale and it's you know it's thanksgiving but already everyone is lined up outside this place and i love the boston that's going on outside this store yeah <laughs> we even have this younger woman Says to this older woman, there's going to be two hits. I hit you and you hit the floor, kid. <laughs> yes. She calls her kid. And I was like, yes. <laughs> um, just a lot of, you know, fucking. And- yeah. There's uh, that fucking uh, Lonnie. who's just like, just super thick accent. Yeah. His was ours in Hit Squad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just over the top, ridiculous, like Massachusetts accent, right? New England accent, I guess. And then even McCreamy has a Boston accent, yeah, which was so hard to get past, yeah, because his was not over the top. So every time he did it, it was funny, yeah. It was it was subtle, which yeah. is probably how most people from that area sound. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. But when you're so used to you know him not having that, right? And then every time you hear it, you're just like, what? Why did he say it? Like, oh, right, right, Isn't Massachusetts. That from that area though is he i thought he might have been from new england but i wasn't sure um yeah so the manager's wife gina gershon and mccreamy they come and bring no not patrick duffy (laughs) behold my patrick duffy leg uh he's from maine maine okay well do you oh oh no (laughs) 
That was uh, Elizabeth Banks in 30 Rock when she was talking about having a main accent in her O.co commercial. Oh, I kind of vaguely remember that, but anyway. Anyway, um, so we're introduced to Jessica, who is the owner of Wright Mart's daughter, Jessica Wright. And she gets in a car with her big group of friends and I immediately hate all of them. Yeah. Because they start talking all this, the Gen Z slang. Yeah. And I'm just like, I hope this car crashes and that's the end of this character and I can move on to someone that I care more about. Yeah. I want you to die right now. (laughs) But they, they're, they're driving along, they're driving along and the guy driving Evan is talking about getting in a fight with this guy from Hanover, the other high school. Fucking Hanover. Yeah, fucking Hanover. I fucking creamed him good, dude. <gasps> and he talked about how he, his phone broke in the fight, so he needs a new phone. So, of course, he's going to go to this right mart where there's a wall of people in the parking lot waiting to get in. And he's like, five minutes, in and out, no problem. <laughs> Kid from Hanover, uh, Lonnie. That's, that's Lonnie, yeah. He's, uh, like, yelling at him. <laughs> God damn, what was the... What was the douchebag kid's name? Um, Evan? With the long hair? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like yelling back at him like, suck my cock. <laughs> it's like, I don't think I've ever heard anybody in real life say that. <laughs> I'm going to fuck you up, kid. It's like, yeah, fucking bring it, dude. But since Jessica is the daughter of the owner, she has keys. And so they're able to go in a back door. And then Evan's in there just like, holding stuff up and showing it to everybody. Like, <laughs> yep. We are adults. <laughs> and so then I don't remember if it's the security guard or if it's, Oh no, it's, it's McCreamy has the, bu- the bullhorn. And he's just like, you know, everybody needs to back the fuck up. And Lonnie grabs the bullhorn and he's just like, doors are open. Yeah. And so everyone pushes forward. The security guard is just like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> just bails. Like, nah, dude. And so they're like, you know, pounding on the door. Open, open, open. Remember that commercial? <laughs> I think it was a Walmart commercial, in fact. I don't. It's just this lady standing outside Walmart. She's like, open, open, open. <laughs> I don't think so, no. Eventually, they smash the doors down, crush the security guard to death. This guy, he's getting pushed in and it like the this piece of glass slashes his throat. And he's still just like grabbing this waffle iron. In his fucking Bruins jersey. Yeah. Yeah, that's they're giving away free waffle irons for the first hundred people. Oh, they're that, free. I missed that. Yeah, with with you know, first one hundred people making a, a purchase, I presume. Uh yeah, and that, that appears to be what many people are just going completely insane over. <laughs> this fucking waffle iron. Yeah, because the guy Mitch, the the manager. Yeah, he's he's like, You'll get your fucking waffle irons. Mr. Manager. <laughs> Mr. Manager. They just say manager. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then it's just this madhouse in this store. And like I said, this, this, the Bruins guy ends up bleeding out. He dies on this pallet. Meanwhile, Evan is standing on a conveyor belt at one of the registers, just filming everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Gina Gershon gets smashed in between two shopping carts and then gets a fucking chunk of her hair ripped out that gets caught in one of the wheels. 
and no one notices. People are just going around screaming at each other, cussing at each other, being all fucking Boston about it. And so then cut to our opening credits. That's all before the first title card pops up. Right. Cut to one year later. Right. Mart is like, all right, Black Friday. Let's go. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) And, you know, Mitch, he quit because his wife was crushed to death by shopping carts. And now he's leading this protest against Right. Mart. Um, Meanwhile, McCreamy's got a new partner. (laughs) He's just an asshole. (laughs) Well, he's not from around here. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) And this diner is giving out these John Carver masks. John Carver was the first governor of the Plymouth, whatever. uh, Wasn't a state, whatever it was. Uh, Settlement. Settlement, region, whatever. And so apparently, you know, that he's like the big famous guy from Plymouth. And so, yeah, since it's Thanksgiving, they're giving out these masks and everyone's wearing them. But turns out the killer starts wearing them. And uh, this killer, he starts out by posting these ominous photos on Instagram. And he's tagging, you know, our group of Zoomers. In every one of the pictures. And so it turns into this slasher whodunit. Yeah. This John Carver guy starts taking people out. And they're all people who are in this video that got posted to the internet. Yeah. And it's so funny because it's just like the video is stereotypical. Or, you know, you've got Evan filming everything and he's like oh this is insane this is people are gonna love this is gonna break the internet and it's like it shows the bruins guy laying there blood pouring from his neck and it's like no waffle iron for this bitch yeah. <laughs> and then at the end it says r.i.p to the, the victims. victims and then it's like like subscribe wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> which if you watch a lot of youtube videos is exactly what it's fucking like yep um yeah, uh, yeah. Like you said, it's kind of a whodunit. Um, you know, they're they're they they set up plenty of suspects. Like there are plenty of people throughout the movie that they make you think mm-hmm. could possibly be intentionally. Um, Red herrings, we call those. Yes. Uh, at what point did like, you know like, who like, it was? Like Pee Wee. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, before it was revealed. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly when, but it was it was not not immediately, but it was reasonably early. Yeah. At least my at least suspicions. Maybe not certain, but I think I had a suspicion, and then it was my suspicion was confirmed before the reveal. Right. Before the big reveal, I was just like. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean they 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 did a pretty good job of uh you know trying to keep you guessing mm-hmm. like right up to the point. Uh but yeah, I think probably about halfway through the movie, maybe maybe sooner. 
I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure I know who it is now. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was, I didn't know the reason for it until the I reveal. had a guess, and my guess was actually fairly close, but not entirely correct. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, like, you know, like I said, the end, they kept you guessing um, right up to the end. Um, and, you know, setting up a lot of people to possibly be the killer. Um, and uh, it, 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 it was a, a challenge because you kind of had to, like, it's like, okay, well, all these, you know, throughout, over the course of the movie, it's like, okay, well, this possible person is now being attacked. And so that, you know, obviously that's not them. Right. And, uh, or they would say or do something where you it could rule them out. Right. Um, so over the course of the movie, you're like, just trying to think, okay, like who, who's not in the scene, you know, who's missing. Um, and that, that, that was a big part of how I kind of narrowed it down. It's like, okay, well, this person's not here and that, that's who it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting motive because the the killer is like I said he's taken out people um, from the video, but he seems to really be focused on Jessica and her friends because like I said they're the ones that were tagged in all the photos that he posts you know a dinner table and they all the name plates have their names on them and so they seem to be really the focus. Yeah, the the, the killer sees them as the one who. Uh, caused everything because they were inside the store before everybody else taunting people. Right. But it wasn't really all of them. It was just Evan. Evan being a fucking dickhead. Mostly, yeah. Um, But they all took the blame. Like Lonnie should, Lonnie was the one that started everything. He was the match that lit the fuse. I mean. Because he took the bullhorn and was like, doors are open. Yeah, he gets his. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, some really good kills. Yeah, a lot of uh, Thanksgiving kind of themed kills. Yeah. Um, a lot of, a lot of references to the original trailer. Yeah. Yeah, we see the the big turkey character mm-hmm. who was in the trailer, um, and he he gets his just like in the trailer, depacketated. Yep. Um, which I don't think this is. Eh, it's not. It's kind of a spoiler, but I guess it's not. But at that moment, the killer is not dressed as John Carver. No. And it was funny because just before he killed the turkey guy, I was like, "Why is that creepy clown there?" Right. Yeah. Everything else was Thanksgiving or pilgrim themed, and then it was just a clown. Yeah, and he looked, his mask looked like one of the killer clowns from outer space or something. Right. Yeah, it's like if this was a Halloween parade. Right. Blend right in. Yeah. Nobody seemed to be like questioning why he was there either. Yeah. And there's also there's some kills that are not Carver doing them. There's just happenstance. <laughs> yeah. just mishaps uh, that happen. And there's, you know, it's, it's Eli Ross. So you know the gore is going to be over the top and mm-hmm. awesome. And, you know, the budget for this was $15 million, so they were able to make some shit look really good. Yeah. But we see someone get cooked like a turkey. Uh, we see someone get deafened with 
corn cob holders. Um, what other Thanksgiving themes things were there? Um, what, what was the first one you said? Someone get got cooked like a turkey. Right. Um, I I feel like the first one was something, but I don't remember what it was. Well, no, because the first one was the in the diner, the waitress. Yeah, yeah, no, wasn't really. That was nasty. <laughs> they weren't all Thanksgiving themed. No, they weren't all, but I thought there was more, and I'm just having trouble placing them. Uh, but his main weapon is like an old school axe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's John not, Carver's axe. Yeah, it's not like a wood chopping axe. It, it's it's like an old, yeah, uh, ancient or not ancient, but you know, Pilgrim Age mm-hmm. style axe. Um, my biggest complaint with this is like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, so much of this feels like franchise potential. But I feel like whodunit slasher movies do not work as franchises. Like Scream. Yeah. And how bad is Scream now? <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> I I would have. I think I would have preferred a mindless killing machine kind of movie out of this. Like a, like a uh, Jason or a Michael Myers or something like that kind of killer, as opposed to somebody who had a motive and, you know, like I said, a whodunit and you find out at the end who it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe he didn't have any plans to make this a, a, a franchise. franchise. Uh, yeah. I mean, very well could be, although at the end they do kind of set it up for a sequel or at least leave it open. Yeah. I was kind of pissed that I like, I, when the movie was over, I looked up to see if there's any stingers like, yeah, oh, yeah, there's something after credits. It's a blooper. It's a blooper. Yeah. Like, God damn it. I just want to go home. <laughs> uh, I I don't know if you really picked up on this, but uh, this seemed very tame compared to Eli Roth's past work. There was a, a point in it where I was like, the body count is very low. Yeah. It did pick up after I thought that, but um, yeah, I mean, it's... It's a slasher, so you don't really have a lot of, like, the, you know, s- slow, gross kind of stuff from, like, a cabin fever. Yeah. Most of it is very kind of, you know, quick chopping people in half and stuff. Sure. But, yeah, the gore was not, um, I mean, it was over the top at times, but it compared to other Eli Roth movies, like, you know, Hostel is just so brutal mm-hmm. to watch. And, yeah, I get your point. But like I said, at the same time, it's it's a slasher, and I feel like slashers don't really have that element. Fair. You know, another thing that was missing that is pretty commonplace in a lot of Eli Roth movies, nudity. Yeah. That, that was weird. Like, I kept expecting it, and it just never came. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's too, uh, too fancy for it now. Oh. I didn't know what this was. I, I did that accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's too fucking metal for boobs. Now. I, don't know. I put my pinky in the air because that means posh. Yeah. Fancy. I mean, Spyglass. Whereas other movies, Spyglass, because that's kind of a, a big deal, right? Aren't they pretty? Well, it's it's a, a Sony subsidiary, aren't they? Is it? <clears throat> I know it was a TriStar. 
which also is a Sony subsidiary. Uh, Warner. What? Warner Brothers. Spyglass? Yeah. Oh. Well, their majority owner is Lantern Entertainment, formerly known as the Weinstein Company. Oh. Well, then. Which isn't... I thought Weinstein Company was owned by Disney. And all their assets get split up? Oh, I think you're probably right, yeah. Yeah, and then... So they're owned by Lantern Entertainment, Lionsgate, Warner Brothers, and Cineworld. Hmm. Okay, then. But I like... was born in Massachusetts? Who was? Eli Roth. I think I knew that. Um, it's, Eli Roth is Jewish and I accidentally hit the, the link for Jewish people and that's what comes up Jews? Just use the whole word <laughs> Jeez Wikipedia Um, I, I thought this was pretty good though Uh, Yeah I liked it But I feel like maybe I built it up in my head too much. Because, you know, with... What year did we say say this came out? 2007. 2007, so... Uh, what's it? Uh, 16? Six, 16 years. Um, maybe I just, like, too much... Too much time. And I had too much time to build it up in my head, maybe to a point where it couldn't quite deliver. It's also interesting because I feel like Hubba with a Shotgun and Machete leaned much more into that Grindhouse style. Mm-hmm. Um, you that, know, where the movie was a little grittier and it was kind of more, it had that kind of indie feel. Yeah. Whereas this was much more <clears throat> polished and it was more kind of big studio feel. Yeah. I don't know if that affected your mm. watching in any way, but. I don't, I don't think so, but I mean, now you mentioned it, it did seem to have that lacking that element that, yeah. that the other ones did have, especially because of the trailer. I mean, obviously the whole thing, you know, all, all those fake trailers, they were supposed to be grindhouse films. So mm-hmm. they all had that kind of gritty, you know, scratchy film. Low budget. Look, yeah. Look to it. And yeah, like you said, this was very clearly just all, you know, modern. HD. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's kind of what was missing. I mean, I think that probably could have added something had it looked a little more gritty. Yeah. <clears throat> but I don't know. I think maybe I was just expecting a lot more gore and violence and 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 nudity. Just, you know, right, more in line with a lot of Roth's other work and not not to say that it this was bad. It wasn't at all. It's just I don't think it lived up to what I had built up in my head. Okay. So that, I mean, that, that's my fault. I didn't like how they changed the trampoline scene. I don't remember what the original trampoline scene had. Um, well, in the original, she did the splits and the knife went, doop. it went boop. Up or hoo her. Yep. Yep. That was not in the movie. No. She did, they show her do the splits onto the trampoline, but that's not when the knife comes out. Right. It was pretty good, though. Like, she's, like, jumping on the trampoline, and, you know, when you're midair, you're, you're coming down. 
Yeah. There's nothing there's, there's you can no, do. There's nothing you can and do. And there's a knife there, and you're just fucked. Yep. Um, you can only contort so much. Right. And you don't know where the knife's coming. That's another thing, yeah. Um, anyway. It was like that scene in the remake of Friday the 13th. When Jason's sticking the machete through the floor. Mm, yep, yep. Uh, did I, I should have rewatched the trailer? Did did the original killer in the trailer have a mask on? I don't know that they ever showed him. No, I don't think so. Okay, or it may have just been like the wide brimmed hat, and it was pulled down, so you never you didn't couldn't really see his face. See, that's what I'm trying to think is if it was. He's wearing a mask, or maybe he was wearing like all black, and like the hat was over his face. Or yeah, what? I think I think it might have just been like shadowed, covered by the hat. Okay. Um. Anyway, yeah. What do you think of the Carver mask? Um. I mean, it's it's got that like kind of vacuum form, um, look about it. So it's. I don't know. It's a little cheesy. Yeah. I kind of thought it was going to be more of a, like a porcelain mask. Oh, God damn. Keep yawning. Uh, yeah. Like a porcelain mask or, or something a little more substantial rather than just a plastic mask. They're handing out at a diner. Right. And there's a scene where he puts it on top of a stove that's on and it looked like melts a little bit. And you're like, Oh, okay. It's going to have this like different look and it's going to be, you know, kind of badass looking with his flaws and stuff. But then he just puts on another one. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I had the same thought. It's like, that mask looks so much cooler now. Okay. No, you do not see his... Or he is not wearing a mask. You do... You get like a side profile, but he's he's got the hat pulled down so far. You can't really see his face. Ah, okay. But does not appear to have a mask. And another thing, like I said, they were giving out these masks. And I feel like they could have done more with that. You know, have like a whole mess of people wearing them. Like a V for Vendetta type thing? Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there's a couple parts where they see people wearing them and they're like, oh, there he is. And then the guy takes off the mask and it's not him. Yeah. They could, although, yeah. Although you could take off the mask and they wouldn't know it was him. Because <laughs> they don't know who it is. Right. Yeah. But yeah, you could have had a part where just like, you know, there's tons of people in the crowd wearing them. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, like all the, all the things that, Eli Roth is is good at was good in this, mm-hmm. you know the, the the violence, you know, telling a um kind of a even though the movie didn't like like the the cinematography didn't really sell like a grindhouse feel, it felt like the story had kind of a grindhouse element to it. Yeah, it also had a very strong message about consumerism, though. Yes, capitalism. Uh, one thing I thought that uh, would have made this movie better if had it come out like five to ten years ago <laughs> uh, was the whole Black Friday thing. It's like Black Friday is really not that big of a deal anymore. That's true. Cyber Monday is a bigger deal. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like you know you you don't really see those kind of mobs at at Walmart or you know, the, the big box stores anymore. Maybe that's why they added the free waffle iron. <laughs> Maybe. But it's like, like I said, I mean, if had this come out 
somewhere between five to ten years ago where, where you know people were still you know waiting to knock down the doors at, at stores for Black Friday. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah would have been probably a little better, but nowadays it's kind of like that's eh, kind of an out, outdated reference. That's true. Yeah, everyone does their shopping online. Yeah, it's like you know a lot of stores they don't even do Black Friday stuff anymore. Oh, is that right? Well, they do like Black Friday week. Oh, yeah. So they don't have those kinds of crowds um, on on Black Friday specifically. Mm-hmm. You know, people come out th- through the, throughout the week and do their shopping. Um, which, I mean, I'm no economics master, but I would that seemed like it would make more sense to to spread it out throughout the week, so you're not trying to cram everything into one day. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like you're still going to turn the same kind of profits just throughout the course of a week rather than one day. I would think, yeah. I mean, the big thing about a sale is scarcity, but yeah, I, I would think, you know, if you're doing a week as opposed to a day, it's not. People can still go and people are still going to go that first day, most likely. Yeah. A lot of people because, you know, they don't want things to sell out. But yeah, then, you know, people who open are just looking for a good deal and aren't looking for something specific or something. Yeah. Might go a couple days later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think maybe even as recently as right before COVID, it probably would have been substantially different, but people since COVID have been doing even more of their shopping online. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, th- th- I mean, that's not really so much a gripe, just kind of something I noticed that it's the, the whole black Friday thing is a l- little bit of an outdated reference. Sure. Yeah, I remember going to like, uh, like Best Buy and Target and for for Black Friday, mm-hmm. not because we're looking for anything specific. Just you know, deals a deal. Yeah, get out. Yeah, if there's something we specifically wanted, we go out and get it. Go out, people watch. Just get out of the house, basically. Walk off some of that Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah, going to the stores and just seeing like completely picked over and stuff. But I went to Best Buy last night, and uh, it's like it almost looked like nobody had even been in there. Yeah, I bet. of course, Best Buy is like you know they don't carry music anymore. They're phasing out all physical media like Blu-rays and DVDs and stuff. Uh, it's basically just like a lot of like smart home stuff, TVs, you know, electronics. Not not really like. Stuff you probably would have gone to Best Buy for 10 years ago. Sure. Times they are changing. True. Anyway. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this. Um, like I said, my honestly, my biggest, I don't know if I would call it a complaint even, but if I had made this movie, I would have done it in more of a mindless rampage killer kind of thing and tried to set up a, a franchise because I think this could have had franchise potential, but the whole whodunit thing, I feel like, you know, Scream has, in my eyes, and I feel like in your eyes, been driven into the ground to the point where it just isn't that great anymore. Um, you know, I know what you did last summer. The second one was fucking terrible. Yeah, I mean, you had Jack Black doing a well, Rastafarian I, character. Yeah, so. I mean, that aside. <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, any kind of, if you do a whodunit, and at the end, you find out who done it. What else is there to do? You just 
in the second one, you're telling a brand new story, basically, with the, the same mask as the, the only yeah. thing that's the same. Like, and then once you get to, you know, four, five, six, seven, it's just like, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you could. I mean, like, like you said, it, it does kind of leave it open, open ended a little bit. Yeah, it's 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 done in a way where it's. It's open if they want it, but it's not like it's it's not spelled out, right? So, yeah. So I mean, if, if they really want it, if the if this turns enough of a profit to to you know garner more interest, then I could see them. Studios have done more with less. <laughs> yes, um, and uh, I, I I definitely think there is sequel potential if they want it bad enough. So. We'll just have to see. It's true. And if, I mean, I don't know if Roth would, would want to do another one. Yeah. I mean, he, he doesn't do a lot of sequels. Like yeah. he, he did Hostel and Hostel 2. And I think that's it, right? I think so. I mean, they made Cabin Fever, but I don't think he was involved with that. Like at the, the remake? Well, he, he was a producer on the remake. Producer, yeah. Um, but the sequel, there was a, there's a sequel or a prequel to Cabin Fever. I can't remember which. Was there? Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know what his involvement was with that, other than um, just having you know the name or being you know the original creator. <clears throat> um, let's, see. let's see, director. Uh, Cabin Fever Two, Spring Fever. Oh, Cabin Fever, Patient Zero. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. And did he direct that? Uh, no. Directed by Kari, Carrie Andrews. Yeah, the only one I see is Hostel Part 2. Yep. Cabin Fever 2 is directed by Ty West. Oh, I think I knew that, actually. <laughs> I, if you had said who directed it beforehand, I wouldn't have guessed that. But now that you say it, I'm like, I think I remember knowing that. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, he, I mean, he's clearly not one for, for sequels, so. Yeah, so maybe this was the plan all along, was just to um, just to do one concise movie. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, it looks like it's made double its budget, so. There you go. You never know. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I like that he seems to be making kind of his bread and butter again. <laughs> Yeah, like Knock Knock was bad. Knock Knock was bad. Green Inferno wasn't Green Inferno that good wasn't either. very good. Um, and uh, yeah, it's nice to see some something strong out of him again. Yeah. So I hope this is a start of him getting back to that. I know he's working on Borderlands right now. Oh, that's right. Um, but I'm interested to see what he has after that. So, uh. Um. Yeah, yeah, I'll do eight. Okie dokie. All right, guys, that's it. That's the it. I would say all has been carved. Yeah, I was gonna say stick it in the fridge for later, but there will be no leftovers. <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed it. Um, if not, we don't care. We don't hear. Yeah, about it's, it. it's it's whatever. Tough shit. <laughs> It's already out. Uh, we will be back in a couple weeks. 
barring any unforeseen sicknesses. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are we going to be watching, Taylor? Uh, we're finally going to be watching Talk to Me, Talk to Me, Talk to Me, baby. baby. As well as Bad CGI Gator. Because <laughs> those obviously go together. Naturally. You know what's nice, though, is we don't have to go to the theater for either one. That's true. If we would have done Talk to Me uh, when it came out, we would have gone to the theater. That's right. We beat the system. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, capitalism. Uh, so get excited, guys. Get hype, as the kids say. Stay hype. Yeah. For two weeks. <laughs> two weeks! <laughs> uh, until then, where can people find us, Taylor? You can find us at graveplotpodcast.com, as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. Rate, review, and subscribe. Give us five stars or whatever the most stars is. Uh, if you don't like it, don't give us one. Seven. Don't give us one star. We just, just don't. That's just mean. Just don't waste your time. Just go do something else. Go outside. Uh, give us five stars. Put something in the text box. I don't know why, but Apple and and well, Google Podcast is going away, I guess. But Apple and all those other Spotify and stuff, they give more weight to the reviews that say something. And it doesn't matter what it is because we're probably not going to read it. You can just put your th- favorite Thanksgiving side. Or say poo-poo pee-pee. Or say poo-poo pee-pee, man. Um, <laughs> also, follow us on social media. Uh, Grave Plot Podcast, pretty much everywhere. We're probably going to stop posting on Twitter very much. Um, I don't know if we'll delete it. We might. Who knows? At some point, probably. Probably. and It's probably just going to be episode announcements forever until we delete it at this point because I'm probably not going to post anything else on there. Yeah, Twitter's garbage. Yeah, but so follow us on you know Facebook, Instagram, and Threads as Great Plot Podcast or Great Plot Film Fest, uh, greatplotfilmfest.com. Also, remember, February 3rd, 2024, get your tickets today. Do it now. Do it now. Do it. Put that cookie down. <laughs> Who said you could eat my cookies? Oh, my God, these cookies. <laughs> Great movie. I don't understand why that movie gets so much shit. We watched it yesterday. I, I assumed you must have been, yeah. So good. Yeah, we started our, our Halloween, or Halloween, our Christmas uh, movie watching yesterday after we put up the, well, while we were putting up the decorations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we've already watched Always Sunny Christmas, uh, nice. Jingle All the Way, um, and whatever she picked. <laughs> I only remember my own. I think we don't really have like a, like a set movie that we've watched while we do decorations. Just oh, I'm up at Christmas Carol. We watched that yesterday. Ah. I think we usually watch The Grinch, like the old one, the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Charlie Brown, too. Usually, like, if it's usually like the cartoons and the, and the claymation stuff. I think that's usually what we watch when we're doing Christmas decorations. Anyway, we always watch A Very Murray Christmas on Christmas Eve. <laughs> nice. I always try to save. A Christmas Story and Scrooged for Christmas Eve. Mm. Two Bill Murray movies. That's right. Because Bill Murray is Mr. Christmas. Mr. Mr. Christmas. So that's why they call him Murray Christmas. <laughs> is he? Is he Jewish? I don't think so. No. I don't know if Murray's a Jewish name. I don't think so. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I guess he wouldn't. If he was Jewish, he wouldn't be the first that. Irish did. Catholic. I, okay, I knew that. Fuck. Yeah, his brother's name is Doyle Murray. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Fuck's sake. 
Um, okay. Who, of course, is in Christmas Vacation. Yes, he is. And Vacation. Well, yeah, but we're just talking about Christmas movies right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, so catch up with us in a couple of weeks, guys. Uh, and we'll see you then. My name's Skeletoni. My name's Taylor of Terror. This has been the Great Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. I've got plenty to be thankful for. I haven't got a great big yacht to sail from shore to shore. Still, I've got plenty to be thankful for. I've got plenty to be thankful for. No private car, no caviar, no carpet on my floor. Still, I've got plenty to be thankful for. I've got eyes to see with, ears to hear with, arms to hug with, lips to kiss with, someone to adore. How could anybody ask for more? My needs are small, I buy them all at the five and ten cent store. Oh, I've got plenty to be thankful for.